Hey, how you doing? Sterling stepping in fine Saturday night, 700 WLW. Glad you're along. Blink's happening, right? No rain. Lighten it up. That's a good thing downtown, Covington, too. Got new uh, picture there. Uh, I'm excited. I got to figure out like if I do it like uh, on the wallpaper deal, whatever you call it, the masthead or something at Sterling Radio on Twitter. Have to figure that out. You can uh, get interactive that way too. Follow along, love me, hate me, whatever. And uh, lots to do later. We'll talk to Kevin Carr, one of the fat guys of the movies.com. He also does that podcast on the iHeartRadio app with me. Uh, you just search for fat guys of the movies, and uh, you'll find we call ourselves Chubby and Stick because he's. Uh, he's. I don't think I can say this. I thought it'd be funnier because I'm the skinny one who called me Chubby, but he's the chubby one, and I'm Stick because I'm not so big. Anyway, uh, but we'll talk on that in new movies with him a little later. And uh, we'll get serious. There was a conversation I had uh, a couple days ago with the uh, former head of suicide prevention for the VA and also the Department of Defense, uh, Dr. Keita Franklin. She's got a new endeavor but still trying to help people, and I think it's a serious thing. And uh, a lot of people dealing with mental issues. Uh, it's something in the neighborhood of half of us as a population in the United States, maybe a little bit more, are taking some type of mood-altering drug to try to – that's not including people self-medicating. Uh, taking some type of prescription medication to help with a depression or anxiety or a, you know a, you name it obsessive compulsive ADHD whatever you give it a name give it an acronym uh, and uh, we'll get into her head uh, about an epidemic uh, that is facing our entire population not just those in the military uh, and that's coming up I think just after uh, 10 o'clock so uh, I want to start with something different I want to try to have a little fun and this might be a little scary and weird but if I can't do something scary and weird on a Saturday night but I got win as I'd like to say and here's how I know. Aside from my gut and the initial visceral response when it crossed my mind, and I mentioned it to Matt Reese in the newsroom, award-winning uh, newscaster that he is, former uh, co-host of the, uh, the Backyard Barbecue deal, which was always a good time back in the day. And I mentioned it to Aaron Bland uh, a little bit ago and, and uh, Mario uh, in the other room, too. I said, hey, what about this? And they both were like, what? What do you mean? Where? And the eyes popped out of their head, and, and then there was questions of like uh, – Ethics, as well as uh, irresponsibility, and then they were like, well, uh, and Mario's like, no, I can come up with five, no problem. Which then immediately think, made me think, okay, visceral reaction in seconds, this is something. And even if you find it objectionable, I mean, it's Saturday night and you're here now listening to the Nation Station, which I appreciate. There are other options. Most of them are crap, let's be serious. You're probably headed out someplace, a fright night kind of situation, maybe up at King's Island, maybe, maybe Blink, whatever it is, maybe grabbing a bite to eat, see a show. Maybe see a movie, some music someplace, some cocktails, whatever. Maybe you're sitting around the house. I don't know because I'm in here. I'm inside your speaker. I'm inside your earbud. Maybe even on the podcast, this could be Wednesday instead of Saturday. I'm not trying to get weird, but it's possible. So now that we're thinking about possibilities and things out there, there was a movie called The Purge, and then I think they made like The Purge 2 or something, and it's very dark and, and uh, disturbing. And I think here we are in the season of the, the pseudo-witch, if you will, on a night of, uh, is tonight the full moon? It looks like a full moon, but I get confused if it's tonight or tomorrow. And I think uh, somehow in, in the mixture of things, the moon about, about as far away as it gets. So it's smaller than it would normally be, but it's up there. It looks full to me, but I wear glasses. I haven't had the LASIK yet, so I don't know for sure. So here's what I'm thinking. And I, I want you, if, uh, if uh, motivated, you pick up the phone. And uh, you let me know what you think. Maybe you can add to this, okay? And it's going to get a little weird. I, I already know that it's going to get a little weird. And right now, if I'd gone to radio school, they say, Sterling, get on with it. For God's sake, you, or you, you tell people what it is. 
but I didn't, so I'm doing what I got to do. Phone number in the AcuteHearingCenter.com hotline. I'm going to open them up right now. Just hit the button. Boom. Open. 513-749-7000. That's 800-THE-BIG-1. And pound 700 t Here's the deal. If... See, I'm torn on which way to go. Taryn looks disturbed. He's already put his head, he's shaking his head. He's like, man, I, I don't know about this. FBI buildings right across the parking lot could be a problem. Uh, here's my thing. I have no problem with it if they come over and visit. I, I, I would love to interview uh, the FBI about a number of things, specifically uh, serial killers right now and that guy who apparently is taking claim for, like, every dead body that they haven't had. Like, <laughs> this is not funny at all, uh, even with some uh, tri-state ties. But uh, he's too old to travel. He's confessing to every murder he's ever heard of. And, and the disturbing thing is he must be really good at it. And he breaks stereotype because usually I think middle-aged loner white guy or a uh, middle-aged uh, white guy who uh, has a family and occasionally just goes out and kills uh, uh, you know, randomly. He got caught, and apparently he's like the best ever. Like, I, I guess if, you know, mom told me to, whatever it is, follow your heart, son, just like that uh, Leonard Skinner song, uh, Simple Man, and, uh, and be, just be good the best as you can be. He apparently was. I digress. But it does have something to do with death. Taryn, stop. Don't judge me. It's just another heavy. See, I shouldn't pay attention. It, it, here it is. If you could take somebody out and get away with it, who would it be? You know what I'm saying? Like the purge. If you could just take somebody out, who would it be? This may be too much. I don't know. I may get in trouble. Terrence stepped out. He's like, he tagged out. It's like somehow like a, a SmackDown situation. He literally tagged out, and, and now Mario's like, Mario apparently doesn't have a problem running the show like this. That's fine. If you could take someone out and get away with it, like a freebie, right? I don't mean like mean, malicious, hurtful, whatever else, but if you could just take someone out. Now, to be careful, you can't mention certain things or there will be a problem. Maybe this is dangerous. This is dangerous radio. This could be an issue. Might be uncomfortable. Here's the other side of it. We can do two ways because I, I like to give like a yin and a yang. There's the good and then there's the bad. Matt Reese and I were talking to the other room about this too. So historical figures, or otherwise, if you could pick a couple people, maybe five, five might be a lot, historical figures who have already left us, no longer here. And you could bring them back and have a cup of coffee, a cocktail, a lunch, and hang out for a while. Now, they may not want to come back. I mean, like, if, if I decided, hey, I'd like to sit down with MLK, I, I, maybe, maybe Kennedy, yeah, I think so. Maybe Abe Lincoln, yes. Um, they may not be like, why am I here talking to Sterling right here and right now? I'd like to be somewhere else. So that might be difficult. But if you could pull back an historical, uh, historic figure uh, from uh, the, the grave and have a conversation to say, hello, hi, how are you? What's going on? What about this? What about that? John Lennon, where did the, the music come from? How did this happen? This may be uncomfortable, but I, I think we can have fun with it. So there's two to go along with this. Who, if you could get away with taking somebody out, who would it be? Not necessarily how you do it. It could be really uncomfortable. And again, we're not really targeting anyone. This is all entertainment only. Like The Purge. They wrote a movie about that thing, right? And then the other side, if you'd like to bring someone back. Like, think, imagine Night of the Living Dead. 
or one of the other 2,500 zombie movies that have followed Mr. Romero's like uh, conceived idea that has been bastardized and marginalized with everything derivative that has ever happened subsequently, although there's some good stuff out there. They're not coming to eat brains. They may just come back. You know, they mean, I don't mean bring them back. They're like, oh, that was a bad choice. Oh, my God, Abe Lincoln just like took a bite out of my skull. And then, and then you know what I mean? That, no, I don't mean that. I, I mean, like, Abe's just going to be, he's got that hat, and, and it may have a hole in it. But, he, oh, come on. Is that too much? You know what I'm, but I mean, I think he had the hat off. He was in a theater. But you get my point. Doesn't have to be that type of historical figure. You know what I just realized as I go through the list of like people who immediately came to mind, they were all like people taken out at the hand of another in a bad situation. That's weird. There's like heroes of mine. You know what I mean? People taken too soon. Doesn't have to be that way. Like I, I, I would get, like Tom Petty. I'd like to have Tom Petty come back just for a little bit, just to have a bite to eat maybe and hang out. Elvis would be good, the Big Bopper, Buddy Holly. I mean, it seems to be music and entertainment driven for me, and, and then, like, uh, you know, uh, historical figures that are dealing with, like, social uh, issues and political issues. I mean, that's life as we know it. So we can go good and we can go bad. Who would you bring back if you could to spend a little time with? Maybe you get, like, an hour. You get lunch. Let's just say lunch, right? Their choice, because they've been gone a while, most likely. You can say, hey, man, where do you want to go? And then, boom, you're there. And they, they got to put up with our questions and our conversation, but they get a good meal before they got to go back to where they were. The problem, and this is what Matt and I mentioned in the other room, and it is very disturbing. Like, I want to be cremated. And this gets deep because I figure I'll be a bag of bones when I'm gone, right? I can't use it anymore. I'll donate my organs, send me off to the medical school. They'll poke me, prod me, use my pieces in part. Maybe I'll give somebody some sight, maybe give somebody a lung, maybe a kidney, help you know somebody else get some extra time, quality of life. And then they can uh, cremate me and throw me out in, like, the Ohio River or someplace on a golf course that probably wouldn't have me because I'm no good. You know what I mean? Maybe send me out to the desert someplace nice. I, I mean, depending on how many ashes and – so it could be anywhere. It's Vegas would be nice, sure. A little bit here, a little bit there, you know. Um, but then you can't bring somebody back if they were cremated. That gets, that's a problem. Unless it's like freeze-dried coffee. You just add some water and stir it up, and boom, here we are. I know. I know. It's, it's Saturday. Let me alone. I've not even been drinking. This is just where my twisted brain happens to be sometimes. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one, pound 700 AT&T. If you could eliminate someone, a freebie like The Purge, who would you take out? The other side, who would you bring back to have dinner with? A cocktail, a lunch, asking some questions. Uh, or maybe, maybe maybe Marilyn Monroe. Maybe you just want to spend some quality time, if you know what I mean. But that could get kind of weird too, because she, I mean, she might not want to hang out with us the way we want to hang out with her, and that would be bad. I mean, that that could be a bad situation for her. But a lot of people they've had her a pin up on the wall. You know what I mean? Is Marilyn? Well, I mean, you know, because some people are like, oh, Marilyn, hang out, and then then you like, well, if things go well after a couple of drinks. You know what I mean? It's one of those things. I, I, again, my list of things I'll mention again, Mario apparently missed. I said JFK would be good. I think MLK would be good. Uh, I, I think Tom Petty would be good to bring back uh, and have some lunch with or whatever else. Maybe write a song from beyond. I doubt that. I'm, that's a lot of pressure for a guy who just came back from the dead. Uh, but w your chance now. Also, uh, on Twitter, at Sterling Radio. Quick break. We'll come back. Get to Terry and Mike and Dick and room for you. Have a little fun on a Saturday. Is, is, is the perch thing a little too much? Is that is it too? I mean, I'm just I'm just asking, who would you who would you take out if you could? I feel uncomfortable. I'm scared. You know why I'm scared? Because if I, I look to my there's the FBI building. We're not really serious about it, but we're just it's all fun. It's all fun and games, right? 
It's not like down on Fifth Avenue or something getting away with it. That's a whole other story. Quick break, come back. I'm glad you're along. I appreciate it. It's the nation station that you're listening to. Your Saturday Sterling here on 700 WLW. Well, this is a natural, too. So if you could bring any historical figures back from the dead. Maybe five, right? Five of them, let's just say, for an hour. Not all at the same time. It'd be a weird roundtable discussion. And you could ask some questions. Just hang out. Who would it be? It's your Saturday night, Sterling, 700 WLW, nine first morning forecast, sunshine. Uh, sorry, sunshine tomorrow, 66, 66 on Monday, and then uh, close to 70 on uh, Tuesday. Sunshine next few days after some frost to start out uh, the day tomorrow. Uh, looks to be nice. Uh, and enjoy the weekend. Uh, Bengals on the road. They'll be at Baltimore. UC football Bearcats handle business. Uh, they are uh, in Houston. Uh, good going is on in Houston, of course. they got the Astros and the American League Championship Series. Uh, PGA tournament there, but we're enjoying Blink and, and uh, trying to make sense of things on a Saturday night here. 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 AT&T. Right now, uh, feeling a lot like fall, by the way. Your severe weather station has a 47 Fahrenheit degrees. If it were Kelvin, we'd be dead by now. Um, so speaking of that, who would you bring back, historically speaking, from the dead for like a lunch or a dinner? Like not of the living dead, but like, I mean, they're not trying to eat your brains or anything, just to hang out. I know it's Halloween season and it's weird. We're trying to have a little fun. And if, here's the other side of it, the yin and the yang of this conversation. Who, if you could take anybody out, who would it be if you could get away with it? Uh, just if you could. It gets weird. Mike, 700 WLW. This is weird waters and conversation, but why not? We can do what we want. We can. I guess you are the boss on this, but it is a little bit far, I think, because I think everybody, everybody has somebody that if they're in that mood and they'll think, yeah, but if you go down that route, especially on national radio, right? can you tell me that there's nothing good or anything good that's going to come from that? All right. Well, then never mind. It was a bad choice because you're already making me nervous. Stop that. All right. So how about just bring them back from the dead <laughs> rather than make them dead? How about that? That's great. Um, so... There's so many people, but first, you know, you talked about music and rock stars and stuff. I think I'd have to go with my favorite rock star, and that's Beethoven, but I need a translator. Yeah, you would, yeah. That's but, you right. know. So that's um, two. Or you could get a living translator to then come back, but then they'd be in shock. Oh, my God, it's Beethoven. How'd this happen? Right? <laughs> but, 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 anyway. but, uh, but I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, though, like, if I could take out one, how could I not say Adolf Hitler? You'd like to bring him back? And no, do, take him out. Well, take he's already out. gone. That, you'd like to do it again? No, you said go back and take somebody out. No, that's, no, that's that, not an option. No, he's already that's, gone. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense. That already happened. Well, fair enough. I was thinking I go back, I take him out before World War II. Right. Everybody's happy. Right, you'd save millions of people. That God only knows what the world would be like. I got you. That, that'd be like a, a wonderful thing to a point, but then I don't know what would happen. Like all kinds of unintended consequences. I don't. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I did. I mean, I'd take him out. I mean, there's there's a poster child for, like, uh, getting rid of somebody, I think, right there, ahead of the time, yeah. Right, I feel like I have to say that if I'm the first caller on this. No, I, I think so, and you were. I think that makes sense. So you just had the one. Anybody else besides Beethoven before I bounce to talk to somebody else? Yeah, well, I could go on for a long time, but I would say, Sterling, I would have to go back and talk to the very, very first human being so i'm going way back i don't know if it's eve or adam i don't know but i say eve but for the wrong reasons i don't know yeah (laughs) just to find out what the heck happened all right well i think we know you so in other words you're like is the book right i understand like hey what really happened i got you mike i appreciate the call we lost lost terry that's good let's see what dick has to say 700 wlw if you could uh, bring anyone back from the dead and have lunch with them and ask them some probing questions give me a couple people who you'd like to spend some time with today we 
you know what I used to like? Uh, you remember the Twilight Zone? Well, sure. Rod Serling used to work yeah, here. Yeah, that was all. Yeah. Oh, I like that, you know? So you'd like to bring Rod Serling back? Yeah, I would. And, and what would you talk about with Rod Serling? I don't know, but I always liked that show, Sterling. So you got to have a well, – I, I like that show, too. Thank you, Dick. I appreciate it. See, you got to have a reason to bring him back. I mean, that'd be weird. Like, hey, I brought you. Back. Well, I'm back. I'm here now. What do you? As Willie always says that. Uh, so he, he back. He's like, oh, I'm back in Cincinnati on WLW. And, and Rod's like, I thought I left, but okay, things have changed. Technology is crazy. The Twilight Zone. A lot of stuff seemed to be more close to reality now than anybody would have believed when I put the show in the air. And, and then he goes, so what do you got for me? And you go, I don't know. I just thought I'd bring you back because I liked your show a lot. He might be disappointed. I mean, you, you got to have some like something to that. So if you could bring historical figures back from the dead, say a couple three, couple five, and. and and it was a freebie kind of thing, and maybe they wouldn't be upset. See, that's the thing. I don't know. Would you want to be brought back if you were somebody that people wanted to bring? Yeah, I mean, because that gets to be a weird thing, too. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one, pound, 700 AT&T. A lot, of, a lot of music makers for me. I mean, there's a long list. You heard Tupac there, the bump music, uh, Biggie. Uh, you know, there's that, sure. Be like, well, who, who did it? You know, you, you could bring Jesus back. That would be kind of nice, right? I don't know what ramifications where they would be. He's uh, supposed to be coming back anyway. So, I mean, at some point, I don't know, that may be like maybe bring it sooner on. I don't know. I know people right now are like, oh, they're cringing. Like, Sterling, don't say that. But, I mean, these are if you could bring anyone back, right? I mean, anyone that, that sort of lays into it. At Sterling Radio, you can uh, get interactive that way, too, on Twitter. I mean, it, it gets deep. And then as far as taking somebody out, if you could get away with it, I think that guy in, in Turkey who's like such a, a bastard, I think that'd be good, right? You know, like, I think that'd be all right. Anybody who's causing problems and wreaking havoc, a freebie. Like The Purge. But The Purge movies were different because the people were just running wild, and we don't like that. We already have enough problems with that type of thing uh, overall in our society. But, I, I, I mean, you know, there's a whole lot of people out there, I mean, you think about it, who left us prematurely, Roger Troutman. I think it was his brother took him out from a Zap up in Dayton. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, there's a whole lot of other people, when you think about it that way, who might you may have left us too soon uh, in that type of uh, arena. I mean, it's, it's, again, because just say, suspend all knowledge of what reality is. This is just making stuff up on a Saturday with Sterling on the big one to Covington. Uh, all lit up with part of that Blink stuff. Kathy, hey, how are you? Kathy? Hello? Once, twice? No, Kathy. I hope we I hope we didn't lose her. Hang on a second. Let me try the other. For some reason, Kathy. No, Kathy. Well, I bring her back. I feel bad that she's gone. I don't know what happened to her. I was I was excited to talk to her, but it apparently it didn't quite work out. I mean, that that's a, that's a serious kind of circumstance and, and a thing to go through there. Um, but bring Amelia Earhart back. I ask what happened. You know, I mean, that's a, there's a whole lot of that that kind of goes out with it. Uh, I got something else. That I'm going to mix it up a little bit after your 9:30 report. You can sound off on this as well. Who you bring back and have a conversation with from the beyond the the, the grave, and then on the other side of who you take out certainly. Um, but there's a weird story out of Kansas about a kid in middle school. What's middle school age? Like 13, 14, 15, or something? Yeah, 13, 14, 15, seventh, eighth, ninth grade usually, right? Something like that. A kid, a kid got charged with a felony because he pointed his finger, like a, his finger, like a like a, a finger gun, at, like another classmate. So they charged him with a felony, like it was an assault or an intimidation situation. Does that make sense to you? I mean, context is everything, but it's a finger. You know what I mean? There's a whole lot of other really bad things that happen on a regular basis. Pointing a finger at kid. Uh, I don't know. Mario asked a legitimate question. Uh, what color was his skin? 
So we'll get deeper into that on the other side. But just not think about the aesthetic and how someone looks, but apparently that is how sometimes stuff plays out, rightly or wrongly. Should a kid get in trouble for pointing a finger gun at somebody? I used to work with a guy who was a sales guy, uh, in, uh, actually in Dayton. And he'd come into the radio station in the part of the building where we were. And he'd go, hey, how's everybody doing? And he'd do this, like, really weird, he was kind of cheesy, dude. He should have been locked up then in that, my I said, and charged with a felony then. It's crazy. I never felt threatened. Could, I mean, could, does that make it? I mean, does somebody feel like, you, like they're threatening you when they do that? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'll get you. Pow, pow. Got you. All right, uh, the 930 report straight away. Matt Reese has that, an update on what's going on. More Sterling on the other side, 700-WLW. Hey, what's going on? Sterling, fine Saturday night, 700-WLW. So I was asking about, like, who you could bring back historical figures from uh, beyond the grave, dead, and uh, spend some time with, maybe an hour, ask some probing questions and, and so forth. And then I also asked about taking the yin and the yang of that, who you take out. you got to be careful with that. Here's why. As I mentioned just before the news headline, the AP story, it's all over the place. Uh, Kansas, 13-year-old girl, doesn't say what color, but it does say female, who pointed her finger gun at classmates was charged with a felony in Overland Park, Kansas. They say because you can't be too careful today. And there's true because about every other couple of weeks, there's a horrible story about a mass killing either, you know, at a school or whatever else. I mean, it's everywhere. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a sickness is what it is. It's all kinds of problems, all kinds of places. Uh, but it was almost like a sting operation. Like another girl asked, and then she answered, pointed a finger at a couple of kids in the classroom. She's just 13 years old. And then apparently pointed it at herself. And uh, they were like, oh, you are a potential threat, and you've got to go. So in a felony, I'm not trying to get anybody in that situation. But that's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? Or is it in today's world? So, okay, I'm going to ask you, because there is a stupid extreme. Like in the recent weeks, we've heard stories of like a 6- or a 7- or an 8-year-old kid who gets handcuffed and taken away in in some type of school situation for uh, involved in whatever behavior, handcuffed like a seven or an eight year old, and then like get them in the system or something like that because they had done something that was objectionable and wrong. I think the handcuffing and putting them in the back of a cruiser and sending them away could be scared straight, but that's a little extreme. You're going to process them, fingerprint them, take their picture. Seven or eight years old seems a little over the top. What are you in for? Uh, I, well, in this case, a 13 year old pointed a finger gun. Hey, pew, pew, pew. it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one pound seven hundred AT and T. And as far as bringing people back from the dead, uh, a couple of tweets. Uh, the Natty Life on Twitter says Sterling Einstein, not me, is, is addressing me. Hey Sterling, and then it says uh, Einstein to see how far he could advance science, starting with what we know now. That would be something. Plato, because that conversation would be uh, some deep uh, stuff. It's true, it would. And uh, if he could uh, talk himself to himself at fourteen. Uh, that'd be helpful on a personal level. And you know, no kidding. I think we could all get some guidance and some help in that. And then uh, Rich has said it takes somebody out here uh, and knows who you are. I don't, I don't know what that means or whatever else that goes with that, but okay. Uh, it's very strange. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one pound, 700 at Who would you bring back from beyond the grave? And then I want to know, but this is a Kansas thing. So maybe maybe we stepped in a little bit in this, but I think see the, the, the rationale here is that seriously in today's world because everything's different, right? Times are changed. So you used to be able to do a lot of like uh, dodgeball was okay in school, even though there's like professional dodgeball now in some schools they got rid of it because they said it was bad for kids who weren't very good at it. They they target the weak, which is how life works. Um, 
And, and then you, you got you know, school shootings and, and mass shooting situations all over the place uh, happening, which is bewildering. We don't really have an answer for it. There's just a lot of sick, sad people out there. Uh, speaking of uh, sick and sad and uh, problems uh, and so forth, uh, I talked later to, to Dr. Akita Franklin, conversation we had. Uh, she's the clinical uh, chief officer at Psych Hub. Uh, and has previously been the head of suicide prevention for the VA as well as the Department of Defense. That's going to happen just after 10 o'clock. So that's, that's, that's good conversation. It might be a little heavy on a Saturday, but I think considering, uh, I think it's Mental Health Month, if I'm not mistaken, or something like that, or it was Mental Health Week, week uh, I think it makes sense to have that kind of conversation, especially considering how much of a problem it is. Uh, and I'm still trying to process this thing. I mean, you got a kid. What about the kid who asked the girl who she'd take out? Now, maybe saying it as bad as pointing your finger. If somebody points their finger at you in that situation, is that enough? I mean, you know what happened? Like, there were, I just saw a video. Of somebody uh, it was floating around on social media, and it made its way on Twitter on my feed somehow uh, of a kid who took a beating in a bathroom in, in a uh, I think it was like a, a magnet school or, or like a charter school someplace. Boys in uniforms, uh, young kids. And he took his glasses off, I guess, so they wouldn't break his glasses. Then they all were, like, taking sucker punches and beating his ass, effectively, uh, in that deal. And those kids, see, they could be and should be probably charged, and they're stupid because a lot of kids document all the stuff they do. But in certain situations, like when I was in school, uh, and I'm not saying it was right, but I remember seeing it and hearing it. Nobody was filming it. But you see that stuff, all oh, the kids are just being kids. I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, little Myron got his ass beat again. I don't. I don't really think that that that's fair and that's right. That's not boys will be boys. There's something wrong with that. That's a, that's a weird situation. But that's what they said then. I mean, when I was a kid at AJ Brown School, that's and this kid like weekly got a beat down. Teachers just be like, oh well. 2019, it might be a little bit different. But that's the kind of kid who might come back and say, okay, I'll take retribution for everybody and or on everybody or whatever else. That might be uh, some type of situation that goes along with that. But, I mean, that, that's where we are right now. I'm still trying to – I mean, I guess in the right situation, in the right setting, maybe the finger uh, gun could be considered a threat. Like, I mean, if it was a hardened criminal, right? Like, if I was in court and uh, you're sitting there – like, it reminds me, like, of a Law & Order TV show or something. But it wouldn't be that overt. And, like, uh, somebody's getting ready to testify, and uh, they're going to go away for a long time for doing some stuff. They're supposed to be a bad actor. I don't mean a bad actor like on the stage, but like a bad person, bad character. And, and uh, they're in that situation, and they come out there, and that person's going to get up and testify against him. And somebody in, in the uh, the gallery or the crowd, or if not the person who's the defendant in this case who's being testified against, did that. You could see where that might be intimidating and threatening. I don't know with a 13-year-old if that's the case. And maybe I'm a little bit sexist, but, I mean, just in the news recently was what? The girl who got caught, her family was shocked. She had been uh, like collecting and making pot bombs and all kinds of other stuff. But then no talk of this at all whatsoever. The school resource officer who's employed by the police there in, in this uh, Overland, Kansas or whatever it is, interviewed both students involved they, and said they, they, they considered it a real threat. So I may be in that context. It can't be too safe, right? But, I mean, that's going to be in that kid's record forever and always. And that's, it just seems maybe a little bit stupid. And maybe that's a dangerous question to ask somebody. I, I don't know. Is that a dangerous question to ask? What, 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 you know, would Because you, I, mean, I think most people could probably go, yeah, and a lot of kids and feel that way too. It's a difficult thing. 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 AT&T, your chance to get interactive on your Saturday. Sterling, Kevin Carr coming up at about 1135. We'll talk to him about what's new with the movies. There's the new Shining film uh, that is going to be, uh, I think it's out this weekend, so he'll let us know if that's any good. 
and uh, in a situation, you know, where we are now with other movies, I got actually out of the house and, and saw a new Metallica concert film. This SNM two, which is with the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra, they did it about twenty years ago or so, and uh, it looks great. It sounds great. It's shown at a bunch of theaters, I think, again this week or whatever, and, and I, that was just amazing. And uh, it was kind of weird. It was almost like a real concert atmosphere, but it was in a theater, which uh, it was okay. But it, this, you know, a little bit different, I, I think, or something, you know, to go along with that type of thing. We'd asked earlier about people you'd bring back from beyond the grave to spend some time with. James, 700-WLW, who you got? Hey, uh, how you doing, first of all? I think I'm okay, as far as I know. I'll let you know at midnight. <laughs> uh, you always cool, man. I love you, man. Well, well it's, I, I love you back. I appreciate the kind words, and I'm glad you're listening to be a part of the show. Hey, every day, man, every day. But like Dick, I would bring back my father's mother and my mother's mother. Okay. And I would thank them for creating me. That's pretty good, yeah. I, I think that's pretty strong. I, I mean, I'd probably have some questions for some of my family from the past, too, but I, I think that works. Any historical figures, James, that you would bring back? Because, I mean, that, that's very personal. I think we all probably have that with people close to us if we go up that family tree out on a limb or whatever, different branches. As far as historical, mm -hmm. let me uh, sit down at a round table with Langston Hughes. Oh, that'd be nice. Malcolm X. Yes. JFK. Yes. I, would you, you think he knew who, who was going to go after him? Ah, uh, you know what? That's what see, that's what I would kind of ask. You know, I, it, it just Mario asked this. He says, "What about like Nicole Simpson?" She asked her, "Like, was it was it OJ who took you out?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> wouldn't necessarily be admissible, but you'd certainly like to get some answers. Exactly. Uh, well, James, I appreciate the call, man, and a pleasure always to talk to you. Glad you're listening. All right, we'll come back. We'll give you some scores. There's a whole lot of them. Football Bearcats on the road in Houston. Got it done. It was scary for a little while. Astros in action in the NL Championship Series, or American Championship Series. And uh, you got some other stuff earlier in the day because you got the pennant races. Or I shouldn't say pennant races, going for the pennant in the National League and the American League to get to that World Series. A whole lot of college football going on. You know what was cool? is uh, I could listen and watch, and then I sort of listened to both because uh, you heard Rocky on the sideline uh, stuff on the ESPN uh, coverage of the game earlier, and then you also got to hear, like, uh, Tony Pike and, and Dan Horde and, and that stuff uh, doing their thing, covering the Bearcats here on the big one. That was some of my Saturday. And I, got a, I tried to get a little bit of a nap in, but it didn't work out so well, so I'm kind of tired. It's late for me, even on a Saturday. Glad you're here. On the other side, we'll uh, get to some scores, some updates. And uh, a lot more Sterling straight away. 700 WLW. Sterling hanging out. Fine Saturday night. Glad you are too. 700 WLW. Some scores. I, I suppose I, I should start with the one that you heard here earlier. Right on the big one. UC football Bearcats down in Houston. Uh, got away with a win. Uh, beat those Cougars. It was scary. Third quarter to fourth. There was some uh, like uh, crazy uh, flags. And then... Uh, uh, changing, uh, it was an interception, I think, at some point there. It was like a deflected pass or, or that ended up uh, going the right way or the wrong way, depending on how you look at it. And, and then uh, all of a sudden, you know, it ends up being a, a good situation in the American Conference as the football Bearcats continue on. Luke Fickle's guys handling business uh, down in Houston. Uh, a lot of other uh, – the score uh, final, by the way, 38-23. So it wasn't as close as it could have been. But it was, it was, a, it was a weird turn at that point. Uh, that went that way, too, so it kind of worked out. Uh, other scores today of note, Wisconsin all over Michigan State, 38-0. Uh, uh, that was at the Golden Gophers' place. 
Um, Texas A&M loses at home to Alabama, 47-28. Clemson uh, got by Florida State, 45-14 at home. Arizona State, 38-34 over Washington State. Uh, Earlier also, Baylor got by Texas Tech, 33-30. Louisville and Wake Forest going at it right now in the third quarter. Louisville at Wake Forest leading 38-21. Penn State and Iowa, it's a close one. At the Hawkeyes play 7-6 to six in the third quarter also. USC at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's leading in the third quarter 20-6. to six. Uh, Florida, the Gators at LSU. The Tigers 21-21 nodded at halftime. Also at halftime, Oregon State and Utah. The, the, they're uh, leading big time 35-0 uh, over Oregon State. Hawaii and Boise State played later. San Diego State, Washington also. Uh, Iowa State had uh, the weekend off, uh, at least away from that game. And I, I know a guy, this is amazing, and I don't know how often this happens. Uh, and, and this may be something, too. I don't know if you've ever done this or, or not, but uh, it was a strange thing, uh, I think. But I, I totally understand it. I just don't know how often it happens. They decided that this was the weekend to be getting married because their football Buckeyes were uh, having a, a bye week. So they were like, this is the one. Uh, one, I don't know if both of them went to Ohio State or not, but I, I know uh, the dude did, my buddy. And uh, now his uh, bride, I think they got it done earlier. And it was sort of like a getaway weekend wedding kind of scenario. And a whole bunch of other people were able to escape to get there. So I'm just curious because I, I, I not really paid much attention to that. I understand you might, you know, it's a tournament season, uh, if it's basketball, if it's bowl season or, you know, near Super Bowl or maybe baseball playoffs or something, you could arguably make a change as far as the date of desire for you to jump the broom, stomp the glass and say I do uh, forever and always and get married and hitched, whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I was amazed. He was like, I know you got a work, man, and it's out of town. And it, we're like acquaintances, not like good friends or anything. But I, I, that was wild. So I'm just curious, ha- have you, uh, when you were scheduling a wedding, if you, if you are married or been married, uh, or if you've known people who have adjusted their plans to actually have their nuptials done uh, as a result of their uh, favorite sports team not playing or because they're playing maybe decided that maybe they'd alter that date? Because, I, I mean, that's a lot of money, that's a lot of people, and it's obviously something that you hope to do just once. I won't bring up statistics that say that, what, in excess of 50% of people actually end up doing it more than once, but still, that, that's pretty wild. Uh, and I'm, I think it was about 100 people, I think is what he was saying, 100, 150 is what they were hoping to be there. So their circle of friends and family, this was the weekend to get it done because they were off. It would have been that way for uh, Bearcat fans a couple weeks ago when they had their free week. Uh, but I, I thought that was something pretty wild. Uh, and other scores, though, uh, as I get back to that, uh, as of note, uh, I think it makes sense here. Uh, the Nationals now uh, are leading in the National League Championship uh, Series over the Cardinals, which makes me feel good. I, I, uh, Cardinals have great uh, history of winning, and that's fantastic, but I hate them. And it would probably have something to do with the fact that they're in the NL Central. But uh, they lost 3-1 to one today in St. Louis. Uh, the Nationals handling business, so they're up two games to none in, in the best-of-seven series in that. Uh, Yankees and Astros going at it in Houston. Uh, busy day down there. They had a PGA tournament. You, you had, obviously, Bearcats beating the Cougars, uh, their place in American Conference action, uh, and this, uh, the American League Championship. Uh, 3 nothing. Uh, Yankees over the Astros in the bottom of the sixth. So there's lots of stuff going on right now. Ole Miss and Missouri. Uh, Missouri up 35-14. 
uh, and that is in the third uh, quarter, just getting ready to go into the fourth quarter as well. So I wanted to mention that somebody just, what about Wake Forest or, or uh, Missouri? And I'm like, okay, I mentioned Wake Forest earlier. So, so there is that. 749-7800, the big one pound, 700 at and I'm just curious about this. Have you moved a wedding or uh, scheduled it to avoid conflicts with your favorite team, Bearcats, Bengals? I mean, I wonder how many people, because the Bengals are playing on Sundays, I, I know they're winless this season. It might make it easier for some people to decide that any weekend is good, uh, any given Sunday to say I do. Uh, but, I mean, they could win at Baltimore. But uh, my, my friends, uh, they're getting married this weekend and did it today, actually, because Ohio State wasn't playing. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one, pound 700 on AT&T. Earlier, we'd asked about bringing people back. If you could bring a couple, three, four, five people back from the dead, have an hour, sit down, sort of like a resurrection, a resurrection situation. And I don't mean back from the dead like Night of the Living Dead, where they're going to eat brains and be zombies. I mean, where you could have a cup of coffee. I mean, maybe the meal of their choice because they've been gone for a while. And, and a historical figure, ideally, who you'd say, okay, hey, this is the person I want to hang out with. Jimi Hendrix, I think, would be great. You know, I mean, you go through a long list of them, uh, political figures, uh, iconic figures of one sort or another. Uh, Dayton John, you're with Sterling on 700 WLW. How you doing? Oh, not bad, Sterling. Yeah, being a left-handed guitarist myself, uh, you just mentioned Hendrix. I said, oh, that would have been a good one. That would be. See, here's the problem that I have with it. Before you answer, and I don't want hopefully this is a mess up, but I'm just wondering then, like, if I decided to bring some people back, they'd probably be like, why have all the people am I sitting having lunch with Sterling rather than somebody they care about? That that might be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Jimmy could give me tips. Yeah. A lot of tips. Well, I, I so. can, yeah, I'm no good with it playing the guitar. I, I can break stuff, yeah. but not that's about it. Well, my thought, uh, I would think almost anybody, uh, I've been surprised that Jesus Christ hasn't been the first choice of everybody because me personally, if I could talk, sit and talk with anybody, it would be God. Yeah, that would be strong. But people, you know, once you've of. seen the face of God, you're done. So... I would like to talk to Jesus Christ, sure. and then being of Mormon ancestry, I'd like to have Joseph Smith and Brigham Young at the table, too. <laughs> and uh, I like the other fellow's idea, you know, who? what would be better than talking to your own grandparents that, that or great-grandparents, nice. you know? That's true. So that's warm and fuzzy. And th- see, that's the thing. You know, anybody in your family tree like that, I think that would be nice. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, you know, like you say, especially on on my side, the dad's side of the family, being you know one of the first Mormon families uh, in in the world, um, it would be nice to get a perspective on how things were uh, crossing the the. Uh, planes and the pioneers rough way to go see uh, i think we're solved i can't even imagine how that would be for anyone whether it was them or anybody at that point like you know my family i mean they they can Mm -hmm. disparate background i mean wagon wheels broke i don't know why they ended up here i'm glad it's all i know even though i've moved Mm -hmm. around but uh for sure (laughs) and they made a stop in ohio too obviously we know that so Mm -hmm. that makes good sense john i appreciate the call man thank you that, that's pretty good, so bringing people back. Uh, you know about the, the thing of the fires in California? They, they uh, shut off power to like over 800,000 people, uh, 800,000 customers in excess of a million people, right, because they were afraid of uh, wildfires with the Santa Ana winds and everything, which is a serious issue. I mean, it's a big costly issue. And then there was some lawsuit situations and liability that goes into it uh, and problems right now even around uh, Southern California with the fires because once that wind catches stuff, it's ugly, bad. The wildfires are horrible. Uh, but, but this is the thing I mentioned yesterday and some people emailing because I asked, and, and no one's given me a real legit answer at this point. They've known about these problems for a while. It's gotten worse. Why would you not do something to uh, sort of bury a lot of these power lines that are in these places that are so vulnerable so it's not an issue? You shut off power, like the way. They already, they, one confirmed death is 
as a result of it, a guy with the oxygen uh, that he needed to survive, and there was some type of uh, problem uh, with uh, the power to deliver it to him. So he ended up being a statistic as a part of it. Now imagine all the businesses that suffered, the, the loss of, of uh, you know, economic impact that goes with that, and, and a food spoiling, and, and all the other things that, that in refrigerators, and people who don't have their own generators. And, every, and think of the other thing. How do you light your house, aside from your flashlights and battery situation, if you don't have a backup? Candles, Right. Uh, you think there weren't probably some fires as a result of some people with some candles falling asleep, knocking them over, or whatever? There's a reason Edison or Tesla uh, helped with some power issues or what have you. Uh, the news, 10 o'clock report straight away in a conversation I had uh, that uh, I think is pretty relevant, uh, dealing with mental health issues and so on, with a woman who knows uh, about uh, mental health and getting people healthy and helping those in need uh, from the military, former uh, VA boss, and uh, also from the Department of Defense of Suicide Prevention, now from uh, PSYCUB Clinical Chief Officer Dr. Keita Franklin joins me after your 10 o'clock report. You'll hear that again here on the other side. More Sterling on the home of the winning football Bearcats. And, and the Hootay could win tomorrow on the road in Baltimore. That's why they play. Stop shaking your head. It's possible. Really, it is. 700 WLW Cincinnati. A couple nights ago, it was Mental uh, Health Day. And what we've seen... The last several years is a really disturbing trend of increasing problems with mental health issues at a time when there is more help available than ever uh, by way of psychotropic uh, drugs and uh, counseling and therapy and so forth. It's, it's a big issue, whether it's uh, kids in, in elementary school to middle school to high school, which is imagining that to be a case uh, and where suicide creeps into being a problem even at that age or at all. Uh, is uh, very disturbing. And in the military, it's a growing problem as well. Uh, with the numbers increasing on an all-too-regular basis, high-profile cases, in fact, just in the last couple of weeks uh, with one particular Navy vessel where I think three or four uh, military personnel decided to take their own lives. Uh, law enforcement also dealing with problems like that as regular population as well. So uh, kind of to give us some time is Dr. Keith, uh, Keita Franklin. She's the clinical uh, chief officer from PSYCUB, formerly uh, running suicide prevention for the VA as well as the Department of Defense. And the uh, first question here, real simply, is why are these uh, things getting worse? Why are these numbers growing at this particular time. Hi, thank you so much for having me. And, and um, yes, what we see across the nation is the data is going up, whether we're talking about active duty or veterans or even um, the national data. You know, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the nation, and it's a complex issue. There's not um, – when people end their life by suicide, it's never one single sort of uh, problem. It, it, it's actually quite complex. Uh, as we look at these numbers, as part of it, and I'm not trying to discount it, I'm, I'm just curious. I mean, there's a causation issue. There's an idea of prevention. Uh, there's the idea of survivors left behind trying to make sense of it, uh, regardless of what walk of life one uh, happens to, uh, to, to be uh, coming from. But uh, is this something now that is being reported more frequently where previously it was sort of hidden, like discussed, medical examiners wouldn't necessarily report it, insurance issues, these type of things? And we're more open now as a society, or is it, do you think it really is becoming more uh, of an issue? I think it's a little bit of both. So the data collection has probably gotten better uh, without a doubt, but there are also some folks in the field that believe that um, the, the data isn't even all the way as accurate as it could be. And you're absolutely onto something when somebody dies by suicide, the manner and cause of death has to get put on the death certificate. And so um, people worry that perhaps the data is um, underreported if medical examiners are not putting suicide as, as the cause of death. I, I don't have any exact proof that, that it's underreported, but I have, I have heard that theory. I know 
over time that the data collection and analysis has gotten better. Um, people are more willing to, to report these things than they have been in the past. You know, there's historically been quite a bit of taboo or stigma associated with talking about suicide within families. Um, and I know that a lot of that has changed in recent years, but I do think as well that the um, issues around suicide have also have also caused some of the increase. And when I say issues, I think we're talking specifically with the military and veteran population, things like over, you know, two decades of war. Um, also, you know, multiple deployments, multiple periods of family separation, uh, potential for exposure to trauma, and, and then also just the, the difficulties of, of life in general, whether we're talking about mental health issues or substance abuse or legal struggles and financial struggles and relationship issues. It's just, it compounds over time and in the absence of, of anything to buffer against all those risks. It, it can become it can become difficult and overwhelming for service members or veterans. Well, doing what you do at PSYCUB as chief clinical officer and previously is the suicide prevention head at the VA as well as the boss of suicide prevention at Department of Defense, Dr. Heather Franklin. You know this as well or better than just about anyone, uh, seeing this in all branches of the military, affecting military families and, and people also then reentering uh, everyday rank-and-file civilian life, too. It, that in itself is a challenge, aside from those multiple deployments you mentioned and uh, what now is into two decades of war, which is just bewildering. Um, how much of an issue also in the midst of this and getting help and treatment, and it's improved from what I understand, is that there's this idea of, you know, be tough, uh, keep your mouth shut, uh, that stoic mentality of just uh, put your head down and handle your business. Yes, I think that's actually still quite common. Um, that sort of the military culture, we, you know, you pull yourself up from your bootstraps, you you push on even in the face of pain, um, and so people have this hesitancy to come forward because of that stigma. And then there are also other sort of real issues at play, uh, particularly with the active duty forces, where people worry about coming forward um, for mental health care that it will impact their their job performance. They worry that their commander will think less of them. Um, there's a concern that peers will think less of them, and um, they, they're concerned that they might not be able to perform in their duties if their duties require a particular level of security clearance, and they're, they're worried that if they go in for mental health care that it will impact their security clearance. And so, you know, there are actual real issues at play that, that also contribute to the ongoing stigma. But, Particularly for service members and veterans. It's a serious issue. And, and how is that dealt with? I mean, how, how in the positions that you've had in, in working with people now coming back and reentering our communities, uh, is that idea of getting help? I mean, on the outside, there's 50 to 60 percent of the population on some type of mood-altering drug, whether it's from anti-anxiety, uh, obsessive-compulsive disorder, depression, you name it. Uh, and all those things dealing with the insurance rates, uh, the stigma on the job, uh, the fearful of somebody you know, losing it in, in some fashion, and then you add in the wrinkle of a military service and all those things that we've already discussed. I mean, that gets to be a difficult thing. So how, how is the military working, whether it's the VA or, or directly with active military, and trying to get these people where they can feel comfortable, and what are those processes? So there's a lot of, um, I think, factors at play, and, and there's definitely an, um, a need to get people into care as soon as possible. So, you know, make no mistake, when people are struggling with signs and symptoms of suicide risk, I mean, one of the first things we want to do is have them access the crisis line. And um, the crisis line is 
a resource that's available for people 24-7, and, and, you know, you can access care right away um, when and where you need it. You can even text the number, and I can certainly pull it up and make sure that folks um, listening to your show today have it. But, uh, but ongoing in terms of getting into care, access to immediate mental health care is, is critically important as well, above and beyond just the crisis line. And so I know that, that they encourage people to, you know, go in and get care um, right away when you need it. Um, there's a big campaign in the VA called Be There, which is about teaching family members and friends to be there for one another, uh, to be there for veterans and to help them get into care during a time of need. But one of the things that I see that's most helpful, particularly on the active duty side, is when a senior leader actually shares their own message of when they got into care. It sort of opens the door for the service members to think, well, if my superior officer went in for care or somebody above me in the chain of command went in and got help and it didn't impact their career, then maybe it's okay for me to go in and get help too. Um, in the veteran community, I, I equally see that from peer to peer when peers can help sort of be a resource for other veterans and help facilitate them getting into care, um, I think that's often very, very helpful. Um, I did pull up, I want to make sure folks know the crisis line number. We can give it to you so you can put it online as well if you're interested. But 1-800-273-8255 is the crisis line. And if people are particularly concerned about a service member or veteran, when they dial that number, they should press 1. But otherwise, that's also the lifeline number for anybody that's worried about anybody across the nation. And that number again, I'm sorry? It's 1-800-273-8255. That's, that's a good thing, and I'll post that as well. Okay, so thank you. In the midst of all this conversation, and it's a difficult one for us to have. Dr. Keita Franklin, by the way, she's the chief clinical officer at PSYCO, former boss of suicide prevention in the VA as well as the Department of Defense. We have more and more people that have been deployed multiple times, multiple years, time reentering society, back out. Having an understand, even for what had been previously – the idea of a, a two- or three-year uh, time signed up or hitch and then deployment in, in peacetime and some of the stuff in that lifestyle can be challenging and, and hard for uh, everyday civilians to really to understand and wrap their brain around what that's like. Uh, in, in the midst of, of some of the stuff that these individuals see that's unimaginable for most of us, even if they're not necessarily uh, you know, on the front line of some type of engagement, even if they're in medical services in some fashion or something else. So there is something about being able to sit down and talk and have someone who can relate to you in dealing with this, even though it may not be me or somebody else who's never seen these things. Uh, but we want to help. So what do you tell people who either work with someone who's been in the service and dealing with this or, or family members or friends who'd like to, to, to at least be there in some capacity, if at all? I tell people to know the risks, to know the risks of suicide. And some of those we talked about earlier, but in uh, some of them you mentioned deployment, trauma, transition. I, I particularly tell people to um, – ask veterans have they recently transitioned because the first 12 months after leaving the military is a particularly high-risk time. So no, not only are they a veteran, but when have they transitioned? I also um, like to make sure people know in particular about women veterans. Um, women veterans are at increased risk compared to their non-veteran counterparts by 1.8 times more. So I try to teach people the risks, and then um, I try to just try to make sure that they understand what to do about the risks. And so one of the first things that we want everyone to know is that talking about stigma does, I'm sorry, talking about suicide does not 
um, give somebody the idea. So that's actually a myth. People think, oh, if I mention the S word, I will have given somebody the idea to end their life. And in fact, the opposite is true. When you ask somebody specifically, are you thinking of ending your life by suicide, they know you care and they know that you're willing to go there with them and to talk about their issues and to, to be available for them. So once people know the risks and then they know that it's okay to talk about it and to ask the question, are you thinking of ending your life? I also, you know, just try to teach them to, to understand how people might be struggling um, with suicide. Are they having an ideation? Are they, have they had an attempt in their past? Do they have a current plan? How, how solid is their plan? Um, and then from there, I also just try to make sure everybody knows that everyday small acts of kindness help. And so with suicide risk, one of the things that's so critically important is that people don't feel like they belong and they don't feel connected. So everyday acts of kindness where we bring people into the fold and we make sure that, that they know that their lives are worth living and that they're meaningful to each other and we form strong connections with them, that is actually a life-saving technique, a life-saving um, tip or something that everyday people can do. You know, not everybody who ends their life by suicide has, you know, complex mental health issues. In some cases, they have complex life issues. But either way, just being there for them and uh, making sure that, that you're engaging in meaningful connections with each other is really what I see that, that's needed ac across the nation. It's a wild thing, uh, Dr. Keita Franklin from, uh, from uh, PSYCHUB. In, in the midst of this, what really just is ironic and, and disturbing to me is that in some ways with social media instantaneously giving us an opportunity to communicate with friends and family who may be in fact deployed on some other part of the earth or uh, you know maybe you know with our kids whatever else it happens to be at any given time that connectedness is there but we seem to be more distant and isolated in ways uh, that we had not been uh, previously and, and that may be compounds this type of situation in cases with military uh, personnel coming home. Yes, I think so. You hit on a point that's near and dear to my heart. Like I've been over the last few months, um, quite a bit of time ta uh, thinking through the role of social media as it applies to suicide risk. And, you know, this idea that um, maybe you are connected with a lot of people on a social media platform would certainly result in a lot of goodness for a lot of people. But if those relationships are not meaningful, then, then it's a little bit of a false connectedness. And one thing that we're seeing more recently in the field of suicide prevention is that people are also putting their risks online. You know, it's not uncommon for people to write about some of their struggles on social media and to write that they're, you know, they're having thoughts and even putting, you know, excessive pictures of things like alcohol or even pictures of firearms or, you know, even saying goodbye on social media. And so we have to make sure that when people see those things that they know to take them very serious and to make sure that we get help to those people. Um, it's people, I have been in conversations with people that think that that's attention-seeking behavior, and I just tell you that the research does not bear out. Um, they're, in, in some cases, seeking attention for all the right reasons because they need our help, and so it is a, a call for help, and I just hope when people see messages like that that they know that, that they can say something to instill hope offer the crisis line, and um, and just offer to be a, a, a friendly ear or a voice of um, compassion for them and, and empathy, and that, that can actually help as well. 
Uh, that the number again is 800-273-8255, and I'll tweet it out here in just a little bit too. Our, our military okay. personnel that are active uh, in the midst of all this, really, it's a large number of people, but a very small percentage of our, our general population that are that are, are bearing the brunt of, of all these stresses and going out and fighting fighting these battles for us. What in the midst of all this and thinking about care and mental health issues and suicide prevention, like you said, it may not even be someone who's dealing with something outwardly uh, where it's a regular occurrence, it's an event or, or, or an instantaneous kind of circumstance. What did I miss that you think needs to be mentioned? I think uh, um, one piece that I that I can think of is just when you think through both the active duty and the veteran population, I offer to you the important role of unit cohesion. When service members join the military, they join and they um, into a unit and into a job specialty, and that is critically important to their identity, and they are engaged in some of our nation's most important work, whether that's um, you know, repairing airplanes, serving as a pilot, or working in the front line as an infantry. Um, and, and so they're part of a unit, and they feel a great sense of belongingness and connectedness and purpose. And over time, when they return from that employment or when they're no longer training and they move into the veteran status and no longer have that unit cohesion, I think it does add a unique layer of risk for this subpopulation that we're talking about. Certainly belongingness and connectedness is a risk for everybody, but this population it's even more, it's felt even more because we build it up in them so much from the time they first join into boot camp and forward. And it is so critically important for all that they do in the fight related to the war and things like that. And then when, when it's no longer there, um, it's a particular worry of mine as they transition into veteran status. So it becomes critically important for communities across America to be prepared to receive veterans well and for them to engage in. I, I don't know if it's civic duty or volunteerism or find very meaningful employment that can uh, fulfill that niche that, that they had before around unit cohesion. So it's just a, a small nuance, but an important one with this population. Well, I've enjoyed this. Uh, hopefully, we uh, even if we just got one person's attention who might be able to uh, get themselves help or maybe reach out to, to give somebody else a, a hand when they need it, I, I think we've done our job. Uh, yeah, I not, agree. I agree. may not be the most funny, you know, entertaining kind of conversation, but I, I think once in a while it's good to do this type of thing. So thank you for making uh, the time for us. Hopefully we can look to you again uh, doing what you do as the chief clinical officer at PsychHub, which is psychhub.com. Uh, uh, also, of course, for those who don't know, former VA and Department of Defense uh, boss uh, dealing with suicide prevention, Dr. Keita Franklin. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great thank evening. Thank you. No, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. Take care of yourself. That was uh, just from uh, the other night uh, during the uh, Mental Health Awareness Day, and I figured it was relevant and uh, good to have uh, her back on, or at least that audio from it again. So hopefully uh, that was worth something to check out. I'll give you that number. You can also check it out on uh, Twitter, at Sterling Radio. Quick break, come back. There's more to do, some public shaming issues, as well as uh, separation and dating. I got, I got a, I'm a single man. Let me just say this. This is a weird transition. And some friends of mine, they're like, always people wanting to fix me up. And uh, I, I, hey, we, we got this girl for you. We think she'd be great. Uh, and she knows about you. And uh, she, I'm just going to say this. I'm like uh, 50. And uh, she is 24. And, and I, uh, I, I, I'm like, I think she's too young. And they're like, no. And they're trying to sell me on the fact that uh, she's not. We'll try to make sense of that and some other stuff in a bit. It's more sterling coming back. 700 WLW. Coming back after your 1030 report, public shaming and how old or how I should say how much older or younger has the, the person been that you've either dated or married? I got a weird situation coming back uh, more sterling on your fine uh, Saturday night, 700 WLW.
Sterling hanging out fine Saturday night, 700 WLW. Maybe you're checking out Blink, Cincinnati downtown, maybe over in Covington. It's kind of, yeah, yeah, I think it's the world's largest disco ball or something, people getting their groove on. Got that, uh, the, the arch there, whatever else, with the rainbow on it. And uh, somebody tweeted me, said they were putting birthday greetings and stuff down there, like Smale Park or whatever else, which is kind of neat. And, and uh, anyway, and this is also another chance for you to do too. It, it may be late, but maybe tomorrow, if you don't get downtown very often, always a lot of cool murals all around Cincinnati. I mean, that was like as a kid, even there was a lot of that, and more than like any other town I've ever been in, really. And and I've lived uh, here in Dayton, Columbus, and in New Orleans, which they're dealing with obviously that horrible uh, collapse of the Hard Rock Hotel deal or whatever down there that was under construction. Uh, but uh, if you get a chance tomorrow and you haven't already seen all those murals or whatever else that are going on, aside from the usual stuff that's lit up, like the Roebling Bridge uh, or whatever else you used to do at Blink Cincinnati, it's just amazing. It really is. Uh, lots going on. Uh, I'm going to get some people holding on. 749 7800, the big one pound, 700 ATT, the acute hotline open. A little bit later after 11 o'clock in the news, uh, we'll talk to my buddy Kevin Carr. He's one of the fat guys in the movies.com. We do the Chubby and Stick podcast on the iHeartRadio app, and he also reviews movies. Movies. That's a, that's a, what he does, uh, and we'll talk about that new Shining. It sounds weird to say that new Shining, but it's like a, a sequel, Stephen King uh, movie or a Stephen King uh, adaptation from his, his writings, sort of like the first one. And the book's uh, amazing too. Uh, anyway, uh, so we'll see what he's got going on. And, and let me sort of reset this, and we'll get to those holding. I got a few things going on. I'll get to the public shaming in a minute. Uh, I uh, I'm single. I'm not trying to, to get, like, a date, but I'm just going to mention this. I have friends and acquaintances who constantly are trying to, like, hook me up with women, which is cool. I appreciate that. Some are nice, and it's nice. You know, I'm busy. I date once in a while and get out and whatever. But uh, th- this is what I've noticed, and these are – I've got to be careful how I say this. Uh, some friends of mine that I know, I'm not real – they're not, like, my closest of friends, but they are in that circle. You know what I mean? And – uh the, 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 my buddy's wife is constantly. He's, she's she's really. How how you doing? I got something for you. I got something for you. That's like I'm a project or something. Like I'm broken. They they want to fix me or something. So in the last week, I keep getting texts and emails, and I've talked to them, and they're like, I got I got the perfect girl for you. She loves music. She, it's a diversified thing. She, if you if you've got her like a playlist, you think she was schizophrenic like you, from jazz to blues to hardcore to rock to you know to hip hop, you name it. She she loves everything. I'm like, okay, cool. And like, uh, she's worked in the arts, but uh, she's got like an advanced degree. She's smart. Uh, she pursued law for a while. I'm like, cool. She sounds, you know, whatever. And then she goes, she's 24. I'm like, 24. How could she have possibly done all that? 24. Do you know how old I am? What? So, and, and I am, uh, I'm like, uh, I'm 50, right? Just recently, uh, which is a weird thing. And uh, it's not really because I don't I don't know that I feel 50, but because it used to be like that was old. I don't feel old, but to some people I might be old. In fact, if somebody had told me at 24 that there was a 50 year old woman that I needed to hang out with, I probably would have been like, are you high? Are you drunk? Are you crazy and insane? So this is where I'm at. Uh, And I start thinking about it and I go, look, respectfully, and it sounds like she's done a lot in her life to this point, but she's she's 24. Oh, she's going to be 25. And I'm like, oh, she's an old soul, they say. And I said, I don't know if that means good things or bad things. But I appreciate you thinking of me. And they go, no, you really need to meet her. So, and then they're like, well, why don't you just come over? We'll have a cookout or whatever. Like, you know, we'll check out the Bengals or whatever. We'll hang out. There'll be a barbecue. And I know she'll be there. And then that's awkward and strange. And I've had other friends try to hook me up in the past, too. And, and you know, and it's always an odd thing. And they go, well, you know, there's dating apps. And you can go out to the, I don't go out to the bars like I used to. So, and that's not usually a good place to find like a woman or whatever you're into uh, or a man in your life. Maybe you have. But it, it got me thinking, 
24, and, and they're they're giving me the hard sell on this girl. And 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 here's the thing: she's a young woman at 20. My mom had me at 22, so I mean, you can be you know involved in life at that age clearly. But I also kind of scratch my head and go, what kind of conversation am I going to have with a 24-year-old woman? I mean, I've gone out with some younger women in the past, and they are different than when I was younger. Like, uh, they just want to hit it and go. I mean, I don't want to say that in a weird way, but I mean, they're just different. They're wired differently now. And on one hand, that's great. And on the other hand, no. And I'm not like, oh, I want something more serious because I'm just, I'm enjoying life at the moment. But it led me to this. Because they're like, you know, you're, you know, you're closed-minded, man. You're not thinking right about this. You got to give her a chance. You got to think, you know, out of the box. I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, I don't. That doesn't sound. I don't know. Twenty-four is young to me, right? I mean, she may be smoking hot. She may be crazy smart. She may be fun to hang out with. But here, here is my what I and I don't know where I got this. It might have been an article I read. I remember somebody. Maybe it was a doctor I had on the radio as a guest in the past. But for some reason, I heard like half your age plus seven years is about as low as you should go. And I don't mean if, like, you're 24, you go, okay, well, that's uh, that's 12, and 7 is 19. Whatever, you know what I mean? That, that No, I'm not talking too young. I'm not talking eight, whatever. So, But this is what I want to know. One, am I crazy to think that's too young? Two, I want to know, because I think that this is something. I've, I've known men that have married women younger than them. I've known some uh, women uh, that have married uh, – women that have married men younger than them. Does that make sense? You know, younger on both sides. And uh, a big high-profile one that just recently was in the news, which was Bruce Willis's ex-wife, who also was married to Ashton Kutcher, who then uh, was bounced on to, uh, what's her name, Mila, uh, whatever she was from that 70s show, crazy, hot, smoking, Russian, American girl. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, and she was quite a bit older than him at the time, Right. So I, that, that's a high-profile case. So I want to know is how old or how young the, the spread, how much younger or older is it that you've dated someone or married someone? When you go to dating, it, maybe you're dating, maybe you're already married, maybe you, you went 10 years older, maybe you went 10 years younger. I want to know how that works, how you see that. And, and am I crazy to say Because I think t- 24 is too young. And they're telling me I'm a jerk and, and, and I'm stupid and I need to, like, open my mind a little bit, and, and I just can't imagine. Here, let me tell you this. Like some of my cro- close friends who I grew up with, They've got kids older than that, and that tells me there's something wrong with it, <laughs> just on principle. You know what I mean? I can have children older than that. There's no way. Uh, what do you think? Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one, pound 700, AT&T. How much younger or older has the person that you've dated or married been? How old in the separation is too much in that circumstance? Your chance to get interactive. Uh, as well, let me take a couple of calls here. Get a break coming up as well, and then Kevin Carr after uh, eleven o'clock. Uh, Mike, seven hundred WLW. Then Nick, what's going on, Mike? You're, you're on the big one. Thank you. Hey, uh, you made me crack up there. I I, uh, I hear you. I've dated someone twelve years younger than me. I'm in my late thirties, and I didn't. I thought it was way too young too. It was her who had to convince me to twist my arm to say, "No, it's okay." She was 23 at the time. Yeah, but you were. I mean, that's only. Like, yeah, but you're a lot younger at that point too. You, you, that that's. You know what I mean? That's a lot closer, really. I hear you. Well, you know about yours. Your difference there. I think the one thing that you're really getting into the into right now is you know is someone that young wanting to date you because of you that you're established. Maybe they're looking for. Uh, maybe they're a gold digger. I hate to say it, but 
case. She's looking at the wrong tree there. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> and maybe, maybe you got to sign this right here. I mean, she might be scared of that. I, I don't know. So, 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 what's the? Is that half half your age plus seven reasonable, rational, or is that is that? I mean, because that numbers are arbitrary. I grasp that. I'm not trying to limit my options, but I just can't imagine that. And if it were to go well, here's the other side. I mean, she'll be middle-aged. I'll be dead. She can start again. I mean, it could be a good payoff for her in that situation, I mean, even if it were just insurance. I mean, way. but here's the other side. If I was a 24-year-old guy, I can't imagine that I want to go out with a, guy, a woman my age at that point. Yeah, and that's totally sexist and wrong. It would depend on the woman, I suppose. Like, I tell you this. In my 20s, if uh, like Jennifer Lopez is, I think, 50, right? Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, so. uh, I, I'll, I'd be like, where do you want me? When do you want me? How do you want exactly. me? Uh, I'm there. So it is a little bit <laughs> different circumstance. I'm but, first in line, though. <laughs> uh, no, now you're getting dirty and wrong. Mike, I appreciate the call, man. Thank you. Uh, Nick and Anthony on the other side. I'd like to hear from some women on this as well. I know it's a little weird. It's Saturday night. I appreciate you listening and taking the time to call. But th- this is a weird thing, and it's a, it's a legitimate thing. Friends of mine trying to hook me up with a woman 24 years. That's, I'm like double her age. That's a huge separation. Right? That's too much. Why would she want to go out with a man my age? Not someone closer. I mean, I know I'm a good guy. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a good, you know, uh, uh, whatever. I'm not trying to be full of myself. I'm just saying. 749-7800, the big one, pound 700 at What's the, the, the biggest uh, difference that you've had in dating or marriage by age? Your chance to get interacted on the other side. It's your Saturday Night Sterling on 700 WLW. Saturday Night Sterling hanging out. Glad you're here, too. The Nation Station, 700 WLW. Quick scores, and then we can do some calls. I don't think I'm crazy, by the way. Uh, a couple of messages. Man, give her a chance. Half my age. Young. I'm telling you, that's crazy. I think she's crazy going to go out with a guy my age. To be honest, a 24-year-old woman's insane. Uh, anyway, it's Sterling, 700-WLW. Uh, earlier on the road, you heard the game here on the big one, 700-WLW. Football Bearcats at Houston uh, beat those Cougars, took care of business. Uh, it was closer for a little while than you thought it was going to be. Uh, Houston was strong last year. And it, got, it got weird for a minute, though. Uh, ended up being a 38-23 final. Uh, Bearcats coming home happy. Uh, Texas Tech and Baylor, uh, that was Baylor uh, winning at number 22 ranked uh, UC. Probably, I don't know, they're going to move up a little bit, maybe, depending, uh, stay where they're at. They're ranked 25, Baylor 22 gets by to Texas Tech 33-30. Arizona State beat Washington State 38-34. Clemson at home all over Florida State. The Gator, uh, the Seminoles uh, beat down by uh, Clemson 45-14. Wisconsin uh, shut out Miss, uh, Michigan State at uh, Mich- Wisconsin 38-0. Alabama are going to stay at number one, I think. 47-28 winners at uh, 24th ranked Texas A&M. Penn State and Iowa going at it at the Hawkeyes place 17-6 in the fourth quarter, uh, and uh, that's a Penn State uh, leading. Uh, 52-37, Louisville uh, leading number 19, Wake Forest, right now in the fourth quarter. Uh, So there could be some movement, right? Uh, USC and Notre Dame in the fourth quarter, Notre Dame 30, 27, USC. Florida 28, LSU at the Tigers' place, 35-28, LSU leading in the fourth quarter, but there's still about 12 minutes left. Lots going to happen. Utah hammering Oregon State, 49-0 at Oregon State's place. That's in the fourth quarter. Hawaii, Boise State, and the land of the blue turf. They had problems early, not too many years ago with the blue turf because they had geese and ducks that were like crash landing thinking it was like a lake or a pond. Uh, I don't know if that's still the case with the new turf. 
uh, but I know that was a problem some years ago. Uh, Boise State ranked number 14, leading 14 nothing over Hawaii. So it's not fair. Hawaii has to fly so far. I mean, I mean, it's just that's a lot. It's like going to London, which the Bengals will have to do. Uh, what in two weeks, three weeks time, something like that. Uh, they're on the road, by the way, tomorrow at Baltimore. They look to win one. It could happen. They could win. And they haven't yet in 2019. New day, who day? Yeah, uh, they take on the Ravens tomorrow. Kickoff one o'clock. Full on coverage starting at 9 a.m. with Cam Brew here, 700 WLW. I think that pretty does that cover all those uh, scores uh, in the NHL. Uh, three two. Uh, Blue Jackets over Carolina. Uh, don't know about the Cyclones score yet. I haven't seen an update on that. Uh, first night, uh, first face off down. Is it still U.S. Bank Arena? I thought that it's not U.S. Bank Arena anymore, or is it? You know, it used to be the Coliseum, and then it was the Crown. And it, whatever it is, uh, they're down there. They have dollar hot dogs, dollar beers, dollar uh, every a whole bunch of dollar stuff, and, and a whole bunch of good action going on uh, on the ice with the Cyclones. I'll give you a final as soon as uh, somebody wants to share it with me because uh, I do not have it yet. Major League Baseball, Yankees, Astros in Houston. Lots going on in Houston uh, today. Uh, you already know about the Bearcats winning. Uh, Astros uh, getting beat uh, by the Yankees. Game one of the American League Championship Series. New York uh, guys in the uh, uh, pinstripes. Five uh, Astros shutting them out. Uh, getting shut out by the uh, shutting the Astros out, I'll say that if I can. Uh, is that everything? Did I miss anything? I think I, I don't know. Somebody will tweet at me or give me grief on that. All right, to the calls. Uh, you'll see about the conversation we had with the doctor about the suicide prevention and mental health issues. And I, I mentioned again, we'll get to some tweets uh, about this fix-up thing or hook-up thing. Friends keep wanting to hook me up with different women, which is fine because I'm single. Uh, and uh, some friends of mine really irritated with me at the point, uh, and I, I haven't even looked at the phone. I don't know if they were paying attention tonight or not when they were out and around and around. I think they were doing blink tonight. Um mentioning this i didn't mention their names though but they got a, a friend of theirs 24 year old woman uh they say that she's perfect for me that's half my age i uh i think that's too young so i'm just curious a do you agree and b how much of a separation have you had how much younger or older has it been with somebody you've dated or married anthony seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred the big one a pound seven hundred eighty and t what's up with anthony hey they're bear caddy in cincinnati yes that's right <laughs> Yeah, well, anyway, listen to your show there and uh, about, uh, you know, uh, the age difference between uh, the women that you date or marry. And so I had, uh, I had a couple comments on that. Yeah. Um, I, um, I currently am uh, 62 years old, but when I was 55, I dated a woman who was 20 years younger than I was. Wow. And uh, she was 35. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we got along great. I think it was just the outside world that seemed to, uh, kind of look at us differently because, uh, and the interesting thing was, was she was 35 and looked like she was about 20. Nice. So whenever I would go to like sporting events or whatever, or ever, whenever I was out, people would look, look at her and look at me and say, Oh, you have such a beautiful daughter. And of course, <laughs> of course I would just, I would just wince, you know, like, yeah, you know, you, you, know you, you only hear that so many times before it just seems like it's, uh, a knife sticking through your heart, but well, uh, it's a, it's a compliment as long as it's you know she's still cool with it. it that the thing yeah, is, you, at you some know, point there's that separation, she, right? Well, yeah, and you, they always assume that you know, regardless of where where we were, people would always assume that that's my daughter, even though we didn't look anything alike. But I was with this younger girl who looked, like I said, she was 35 and looked 20. Right. And uh, whenever we'd go to college events, guys were always hitting her. <laughs> and know, the, the college boys were always trying to steal her right in front of me. I was like. No, I just want to smack these guys, but yeah, you well, can't I do try that. to keep my cool about it. The trick is is just as long as she wasn't playing that game with them, too. You know what I mean? If nothing yeah. else, that just you're like, man, I know she's hot and she's coming home with me. 
Well, yeah, you know, you know, it's the old saying: guys only have one. You know, is that your type? Well, guys only have one type, and it's hot. <laughs> if the girl's hot, that's your type. Well, there there, <laughs> there is truth to that. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's probably some limitations for some, but I, I, yeah, I, I agree with that. Hot is good. I'm, I'm a fan. Yeah. So, but you, you, know, I mean, other, I know what's other, in my other. head. This girl wants to meet me and hang out, but I, I, uh, I do have reservations about it. I mean, it just seems just young. I mean, I can't, like, again, again, I I just look at it this way. When I was 24, 25, if somebody had said, hey, 40, late 40s, 50-year-old woman wanted to hang out with me, it would depend on the woman, but I'd be like, I I don't know, that's that's a lot. What the hell do you talk about? I don't know. Yeah, you always always have that threshold to cross, you know, when you have either someone too young or too too old, you know, or, you know, it depends on how many years is, is too many. And on that other side of the coin, I've dated women that were 10 or 15 years older than me, and we got along pretty good. Um, but, you know, there's always something that seems to be missing. You know, the older you get, it seems like there's more missing. You know, if, you, if you're in that neutral age, um, it seems like you get along great. But, you know, as you get older, you start thinking, you know, it, it, your mind starts wondering on you, you know, if, are they going to leave me when I get too old and all that thing. But <laughs> are they going to want to take care of really... me when I'm in the chair and geriatric and need, like, you know, diapers and whatnot, too? I mean, that, and I'm getting way ahead of the game and thinking that way. But it's, it's you, these are considerations, and I'm not trying yeah. to waste it. Especially a woman that age, I'm not trying to waste that woman's time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might well, want to hang out with her. I don't maybe, know. Maybe she sees you as a celebrity type that could open some doors for her, or maybe she just she's somebody that listens to your show and thinks that you're just a, I, you know, you're a guy that's kind of got together, got a lot to talk about. Uh, you're certainly an interesting person. I listen to you on WLW all the time. Well, so, I appreciate yeah, that, Anthony. Yeah, Thank and, you. Uh, I hadn't really thought I, about I think, the pseudo celebrity thing. Really, you know, you know, a guy told me one time. He said, "You have to be evenly yoked." You know, he said you you have to have something in common that's a real that's a real bonding thing. Right. That uh, because if you don't have things in common, you're right. If somebody that's uh, in their twenties, you're out in left field. You know. That's exactly right. And they said that they said about music and, and, and arts and, and you know likes to think and, and likes to you know converse about serious subjects. So maybe show Anthony. I appreciate the call and the perspective. Uh, Joe and Nick and others up on the other side. We'll also talk to following your uh, Sean Gallagher in your eleven o'clock report. Uh, we'll talk to Kevin Carr, one of the Fat Guys of Movies dot com, about the new Shining uh, sequel and who knows what else. Probably ask him what he thinks about this weirdness as well. Glad you're along on Saturday night, Sterling. Home of the best Bengals coverage in action tomorrow. Kickoff 1 o'clock in the winning football Bearcats. 700 WLW Cincinnati. Uh, I should be able to tell time. I mean, I do. I know it's 11.07 and 22 seconds if you're keeping track at home. 11.35, so we're talking to Kevin Carr. It's a beauty of things. He has no power, by the way, at the House of Carr, apparently, like, all day. So uh, we're trying not to waste his cell phone. We'll see uh, exactly what happens. I, I don't know. Or, or maybe we'll call the home phone. I don't know which is supposed to call. I don't want to kill the home uh, Anyway, we'll, we'll figure it out, 1135. So uh, we'll find out about the new, I think, it's, was it Gemini, Gemini Man? Uh, that's a new one out now. And uh, I think there's also uh, Adam's Family, which is, I think, for kids. And if I'm not mistaken, there's also the uh, the Shining um Sequel. I think that came out this or today. I don't know. I saw the Metallica new movie S and M two, which is showing around. It's like a concert thing with the symphony, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, so that that's something. And it's only showing like a, I mean, it's around here in the tri-state, but it, it's only a couple of nights here or there in between all the other stuff. Uh, so anyway, there's lots to get to. I was talking about the dating thing, sort of sort of reset that. I got some other stuff too about public shaming, which is kind of nice, and we'll sort of layer it all in and, and try to make sense of things. Uh, so. The public shaming thing is something, and I've dealt with this before. I, I got a dog I walk. He doesn't want to stay in the backyard because he's conditioned now and trained because I'm, I'm walking him. like It's healthy because I'm out like walking multiple miles a day. What sucks is like uh, I got home last night, and, and uh, the weather had changed, and, and the cold front moved through, 
and, and it, we had like a 30 degree temperature drop and I take him out into the backyard and he goes to the gate like so this is it He's like, I got furred. This is perfect weather for me. I'm like, okay. So we go a quick, like, almost three-mile walk. And he's all like, let's go. And I'm all like, it's cold. And, and uh, so, But I, I, when I'm walking, I carry crap bags. Like, the, the, you know what I mean? I got to pick up after the dog because nobody wants your, their stuff left in their yard. I don't want their stuff left in mine. I don't, I'm not going to leave his in theirs, right? Uh, but occasionally I'll find that in my landmines or whatever you want to call it, it it's a hassle and it's a headache. Uh, and uh, there's an interesting story that was out there, and uh, somebody was putting up signs in their yard where people had left that stuff, sort of like a public shaming uh, scenario uh, as far as, you know, did you is this your mess? Did you leave this behind or whatever? Which I think most people who see that probably couldn't give a damn less if there's a sign or not. They may, the sign says, is this your turd? Because uh, that's absurd. Which is nice. They they were able to turn some words there in a nice little saying or whatever else. Uh, and New York City uh, sanitation officials are, are paying attention to this. Uh, they got people in Missouri working on this uh, and that type of stuff as far as uh, how stuff is going on. And people do it in different ways. So depending on your neighborhood and what you're dealing with, it, it's a bit of a hassle and a headache. But it, it is, uh, you know, whatever it is. I'm just wondering, because it's a public shaming. Uh, I remember there was a kid... I saw, and I think it was when I was living in Columbus, so it's been some years ago, and he got caught, like, shoplifting. And I don't think he got, like, arrested or in trouble, but his parents did it to him. They Like, they found out that he had done it or didn't, he walked out without paying. So they made a sign for him, and they they went back and either paid or returned whatever it was, and then out on the sign, because apparently they didn't think it was an oops or an accident. Like, they just figured, they thought the kid was just heisting it. So what they did is they made a sign saying that, you know, the kid was a thief or whatever else, and they were shaming him publicly. So I, I'm just kind of curious in the midst of that, uh, have you done anybody uh, wrong to the point where they want to do a public shame you or have you public shamed someone? I, I've had issues with people in the law, and I never thought to make a sign. That seems like a lot of effort, although I've picked it up. Uh, you can sort of add that to the list of stuff we were talking about. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred, the big one pound seven hundred AT and T. Let me reset this other thing real quick. We'll braid through it and get to these people holding in a bunch of uh, tweets as well and some emails on your Saturday night before Kevin Carr joins us at eleven thirty-five. That's when he's scheduled. If I'd looked at the own my own sheet that I typed up, <laughs> we would have been in better shape. Uh, but that takes effort apparently that I wasn't having. Uh, also, the new movie El Camino with Breaking Bad, uh, some uh, celebrity death issues, uh, which is Robert Forster who's in that movie, was also in Jackie Brown, which I just rewatched the other day. He just passed away. Uh, and I, I was just joking with somebody. I said, man, I, I wasn't sure if he was still alive or not. And then yesterday he passed away, which I, I felt kind of weird uh, about that. So we can get in the trifecta of death, somebody uh, has mentioned on that. So the other thing, though, uh, and I'll just mention this again because this is kind of weird and there's gotten some good response on it. As I have friends that have been trying to uh, hook me up uh, with people because I'm single. And they're like, oh, I got the woman for you. Uh, she's divorced or this, that, the other thing. The most recent one is some friends have a, a girl, oh, a young woman. I shouldn't say girl. That, I'm not trying to be rude. Uh, but she's, uh, she's like 24 years old. And they're trying to, to get me to, to like go out with her, hang out, spend some time, see you know if we hit it off or not. And uh, she's like half my age. Which seems, in a, it's, it's a lot of difference in years. I'm like, oh no, she loves music like you. She loves movies. She's smart. You know, she's great conversation. She, you're gonna be great, and she looks good. I'm like, okay, great. And they sold it in that order. Usually, like, oh yeah, she's smoking hot. And then I'm like, well, what else? Because there's more to it than just that. 
So it just got me thinking about this. Aside from me, I'm just wondering how much younger or older has it been that you've dated someone or married them? And how much, how difficult is it when there is an age gap uh, when it comes to those type of things? 749-7800, the big one pound, 700 AT&T, uh, the com hotline. We get to Joe, then Nick, and room for you on the big one. Hey, Joe, thanks for holding. Hey, what's up, Carol? You at the moment. What's happening with you? Well, you know, I wanted to take the married angle. Yes. So my first wife was 10 years older than me. How was that? How old were I you? Was, I was, well, we met when I was 22 and she was 32 and got married when I was 25 and she was 35. All right. And then that lasted till I was about 39. And we were married for like 15 years. Did the, the age play into that problem or the end of the relationship, or did it just run its course? No, no, no. It was just kind of, uh, you know, we both uh, went in a different direction. You know, we both found out about it. So, that, that happens, yeah. You know, it lasted a couple more years, and then it fell apart. But my – I have two daughters that I both – that I adopted, and then uh, they were infants, so – so they were about eight and six, I think, when it, we got divorced. That's hard, yeah. But, you know, I survived that. Ten years later, ended up not marrying one, but having uh, my biological daughter. Mm-hmm. And then that ended up being something that never was a marriage. You know, she took off, didn't know if I was the dad kind of thing. Okay. But then my last wife was 17 years younger. Than Holy crap, man. And we, met, you, you, and we <laughs> met when my, my what's now 17-year-old was two years old. And we were married for, well, we were together for 12 years. Okay. Now, so. So you've seen 15, it all. I take that, 15, I take that back. That was 2004 to, to no, 11, 2015. So you've lost half, half a couple of times, or were they amicable where it wasn't a half situation? No, they're amicable. Or did you they're amicable. You know, I, I see them both, and, you know, we do things together, and the kids get with each other and stuff like that. I mean, they're older now, but, sure, you know, yeah. when you're two years old and one, she had one-and-a-half-year-old twins. Right. And a three-year-old when we met. Okay. So, we kind of became the Brady Bunch. I had two older daughters and a younger daughter, and she had three younger kids. Okay. So, so the, I mean, you got blended families. you got age differences with exactly. that. Exactly. How is it? Yeah, having, well, having the, it what's, all, the, what's the largest separation? Is that initial 10-year swing that you had, being younger, or, or what? No, no. The largest swing was the 17-year younger. I mean, okay, so 17-year. added that you should take half your age and add seven, and that's the optimal age for you. See, I was trying to figure yeah. out why I, I – that's in my head, but I don't know where I got it. Right. So how old are you, 48? Uh, uh, 50 now. You're 50. Okay, yeah. so you take half your age. Right. Oh, I can do the math. Would be 25, yeah. Be th- right? yeah, yeah, 32. Uh, 32. Right, yeah. so that rule of th- – where the hell did that rule of thumb come from? And that and that makes sense, I suppose. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's it works nice for me. It's funny that you list. have the same number in your head, but, I mean, as far as the, the half plus seven. I'd like to hear from right. some women on this, too. So do you think, like me, it's almost, why waste the time at tw- for a 24-year-old? But then what happens if she's, like, crazy, just poor Well, no, woman? I mean, you know, there, there's those relationships, you know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't knock out a 24 because I'm 50. But, right? but she, she, if, but, if it know, works, I'll be dead by the time she's my right. age. Well, you know, that's the one thing my my younger one I told, you know, I said, hey, we should have lasted longer. You'd have my Social Security for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's a but, financial you know, situation, too. Yeah, I got you. Right. 
All right. Exactly. All right, Joe. Yeah. So should I give it a shot or am I being, uh, being smart? I'd give it a shot. I, if your friends think it works, you know, or it might work, you know, what, what, what's going to hurt to try? Uh, if it doesn't go anywhere, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? There you go, Joe. I appreciate the call, man, and sharing so much. Seven four nine seven thousand eight hundred. the big one, pound 700 AT&T. Uh, biggest separation you had, younger or older, as far as dating or marriage, your chance to get interactive on the other side. Nick will be first, I promise. Uh, 700-WLW. Nine first, a warning forecast, frost advisory. Overnight tonight, about 10 a.m. tomorrow, church, whatever you got going on. 37, uh, the low, patchy frost after 5, otherwise clear. Uh, sunshine tomorrow, 67. Tomorrow night in the 40s. Columbus Day Monday, a lot of people off school and work. Uh, sunshine, 67. Uh, warm into the 70s on Tuesday. Right now it's 44, your severe weather station, 700 WLW. Uh, this this thing in, in New Orleans is, is wild. The collapse of the Hard Rock Hotel that was under construction there, they say one dead so far, uh, confirmed of 20 injured, but they're still looking because they don't know who all was affected. And the video of it is just insane. You get more of that at 700WLW.com. Uh, just, just a just a terrible thing. you, you got to wonder, I mean, a building under construction, but I mean, a collapse, it doesn't happen all the time in this part of the world. It's crazy. Uh, Copedale, Nick, I appreciate you holding. Uh, you're on the big one. What's up? You keep throwing stuff on the wall. You make it hard to turn around and maintain focus, sir. I, I Well, imagine me. It's like shiny objects, but there's just so much stuff to talk about. So uh, hopefully you pick one, pick multiple things, go. It's your turn. I appreciate you holding. I got to go fast. I didn't expect to be here this long. Listen, the the power thing, everybody keeps thinking, we'll just throw stuff underground. A double E electrical engineer makes some of the highest dollars in terms of engineering. Right. The cost to turn around and do one street that I know of that was an internal cost budgeted by project, 33 homes to bump it from 7,200 volts to 13,000 600 volts was $32,000 per property. That's big. If you want to turn around and extrapolate that to turn around and say that those high tension power lines that we see all around us, those will hit typically 768,000 volts. And the ones that are in out in California might be even higher. The fact that they won't let the, the forest get cut down because of the environmental rules and all the other stuff, that's the issue. On top of that, they really do have the winds and the fires and the normal dry spells and everything else. A lot of but vulnerability. Because of the, the environmental stuff is clobbering them, and the, nobody really paid attention to the fact that last week, Pacific Gas and Electric, which is now bankrupt, so that means that their banks and their creditors tell them how to run their operations, they said the heck with it. They just turned off the power and screwed them all. Now, and their fear factor along with that, of course, is the vulnerability of liability issues for, well, for part yeah, of that, too. You got, no, but you got banks now. The no, I, I, I understand. Sure. Yeah. So that's a whole different world, and people don't realize, like, hey, wait a minute, man. We can't run a business if we can't run a business. And if you're going to tell us how to run our business, we, we can't do it. And the problem is if you, you shut that power off and you got people that, you know, first of all, there's a major economic hit that goes along with that on the other side, too, which they've experienced, even though they've shut turned that power that they had shut off back, apparently, in most of those places. No, 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 no. It goes back and forth. They can only no, do no. so much based on the wind. No, I, I, I get you. I, I know they rotate. 
but what I'm saying is, though, in the midst of this, you have a cost for everything shutting down, which we know, because there's loss of business, there's loss of uh, people being able to get access to money, gas, all the other stuff sure. with it. And you got dead people. They, they confirmed one dead, which was a guy with an oxygen uh, supply of some sort that apparently when the power went off, he had no battery backup, a generator, or nobody to get him where apparently it could work right. And, and they know that he ended up uh, you know, losing his life as a result of it. So I... I I don't know how you deal with these things. I, I just – you scratch your head. When I lived in Nevada, uh, uh, there were very few above-ground things in a lot of the subdivisions where I lived and, and ended up going and spending time. I, I paid attention to that because it was different than obviously being here. So they've spent that money going in as that city has grown, I mean, so fast and, and so much. It, it's crazy, but it's different like you're talking about with forest and everything else. What else you got? Because that, that was certainly thoughtful and insightful. What else you got? The second other thing is that on the uh, the basic the basic training is the most expensive single class ever developed by any country or any college in the world. The basic unit training unit training that the United States Department of Defense developed in World War II out of desperation has been modified for sixty to eighty years at a click. Okay, it is stolen and utilized by all five branches, and also modified and utilized by Israel, Soviet Union, Russia, everybody. They steal it. But the basic concept is that we are going to strip a man or a woman's soldier's identity and force them into understanding they are a part of a unit. Correct. That's why what she said was true, but she didn't put it in the concepts of exactly that. That's why these guys are struggling when they're getting out and they don't have what they're used to. When you take somebody out of the element that they're used to and they don't have the rest, it's what's clobbering. Well, it's a major problem just with reentry and somebody who does a regular tour of duty, let alone people who have been in, in a theater that is uh, you know, active when it comes to war, effectively, and then having to go back multiple times. I mean, we're in the longest ongoing conflict or multiple conflicts in the history of this nation, and it's, it's a lot to deal with. But the, the thing is, it's not even just, Nick, I appreciate the call, the suicide problem. Uh, is growing, and it's more widespread across our society than than just the military. It's big and bad there, but from the police departments to everyday rank and file, we got kids in elementary school and middle school and high schools that are taking their lives, and, and people are trying to sort of make sense of all of that, and that's why that crisis hotline is important in, in uh, awareness and understanding and trying to reach out and help and, and realize, I mean, it, it's a cliche term, but I'm going to use it, uh, I mean, it is a permanent solution for a temporary problem, generally speaking. Oftentimes, people do it, you know, in an instant decision. It's not always someone who outwardly shows all those uh, telltale signs of, of depression or whatever else, but it's it's challenging. And, and I've lost people that have been near me as a result of it. Friends have lost siblings that I know, uh, and it's it's hard to process. And it seems like every day, every week, we hear about these things, and it's a trouble. And that's why I had Dr. Franklin on. That'll be on the podcast if you didn't hear it. Uh, she used to be – she's now the chief officer uh, dealing with uh, this type of thing, uh, clinical issues, for psychhub.com. Uh, but she used to be the head of suicide prevention for the Department of Defense as well as for uh, the VA. And now she's uh, still trying to do the things to help people with a whole lot of different issues uh, where she is now. It's, it's tough. I mean, it really is. Um, but you can only just try to keep carrying on and try to be there for the people around us and, and hope for the best and, and just realize that, you know, tomorrow is another day. But when you're in that, I can't – see, it's, I can't imagine 
and everybody has their moments of, of feeling bad or, or dark or, you know, feeling like there's hopelessness or, you know, maybe you failed at a project and you, how do I keep going? Or maybe you let yourself down or someone else. But whatever it is, let alone somebody coming back from a, you know, a war situation and seeing things that most of us will, you know, maybe only see dramatized on television uh, or on a, in a film situation, that burden or taking another's life uh, or a lot of people's lives is hard to process, let alone coming back home. And then that unit thing that uh, Nick mentioned and that uh, Dr. Franklin mentioned, uh, it, it's hard to, to consider. It's hard to understand. And I can't imagine being in a place where you actually make that decision to say, you know what, I'm done. I hope to never be there. And hopefully if one person knows somebody that they can give some help to or somebody who listened to her or talking or can you know call that uh, crisis line at 800-273-8255, then uh, you know, we've done something good today. And, and really in the scheme of things, uh, that, that's all that was about. So hopefully uh, that's the case. The podcast will be up after the show, and you can do that or check them out on Twitter uh, or, or their website and, and do more. Uh, we'll come back after your 1130 report. We will talk to Kevin Carr, uh, get an idea of what's going on with New at the Movies and everything else. And let me get this guy on, too, because he's been holding for, uh, for quite a while as well. It is certainly a, a yin and yang conversation uh, from one thing to another. Uh, Mark, it's your turn uh, with Sterling on 700WLW. What you got, quickly? Real quick, uh, since you're going to have Kevin on, he can verify this. I think a movie that would bring clarification, so to speak, to your dating age range issue is the movie Harold and Maud. You watch that and then rethink this whole issue of age range. Now, is, is that the one that's, uh, what, what's the woman's name? It's like a young kid, right, and like an, an aged woman, right? I think you've gone someplace really scary, Mark. I appreciate the call. Thank you. I, I, I'm going to have to search that. I, I don't like that. That's some, I don't even know. There's something weird there. Even Taryn's shaking his head. You know the Harold and Maul movie? No, but it just sounded wrong, didn't it? It did. He's like, yeah, okay. All right, your 1130 report straight away. Sean Gallagher let you know what's going on all over the place, from Blink, Cincinnati, downtown, to, uh, and you name it, the collapse in New Orleans at that hotel that was under construction, uh, and uh, try to make sense of the circus that is D.C. and the presidential. I don't even want to get into the politics of all that, let alone the reality of what that is. A lot of clown shoes, red nose wearing people, top to bottom in the mess of things. Truth in, in handling responsibilities and uh, just being decent would be helpful, but... Maybe that's too much for me to say for a lot of people. I don't know. Sterling trying to make sense of things. The other side, we'll have some fun with Kevin Carr, Fat Guys at the Movies. And uh, it's also part of that Chubby and Stick podcast with me on the iHeartRadio app. 700 WLW. 700 WLW, Saturday night, Sterling. A lot of uh, time to go out. To maybe you go to Blink, maybe check out some movies and so forth. Kevin Carr, one of the Fat Guys at the Movies.com. He's also my partner on this uh, Chubby and Stick podcast that you can find on iHeartRadio or wherever else uh, you check out the podcast and so forth. Uh, I got confused on time earlier. I called. He's like, why are you calling me now? I thought it was 1130. I'm like, dude, I, I don't know what the hell time it is. I even have it on the run sheet is the right time. Uh, and you're living in the dark. What, what happened to you? Well, I don't know what happened because we actually have buried power lines, but somehow the lights went out, and we can look around because you can always tell different people have porch lights on or whatever, and, and like all the other lights in the neighborhood are coming out, and there's crews out here working, but we're still in the dark. And I don't know. I don't know if a mole dug through and burst a power line or something you got fried that way. Who knows? But it's sort of like if you've ever gone to the airport and you're waiting for your luggage – and everybody's there, and everybody else's luggage, and you're just waiting for it to come down. 
and it just is it coming down in the same hefty bag t- tied with twine keeps going around it's never yours that's that's kind of how i feel right <laughs> that now. random flip-flop yeah I, i've seen that <laughs> I, I know that deal uh, and i also know when, like after the tornado we were, saw them like house by house or block by block although it took eight days to get them back at the house of sterling uh and people out in california dealing with the, like the the force to, like where the power company just shut off the lights because of the wildfires you got none of that you're up in columbus how much of an area was actually without power before we get to movies, because I, I just because I, I can bring you a generator. I acquired one in, after I was in the dark after a few days. I can gas it up; it'll get ready to go, and you can live large. I will. I will text you tomorrow and let you know if I need that generator, and then and then you can bring it by legally split. Suppose I mean, there's there's a crew down the road. I mean, have the lights on and everything. Originally, it was only like it affected only like 90 households. Okay. So, uh, but they have prioritized it, which which is. It's always helpful to be on the same grid as, a, like, an old folks' home, which we are. Well, that's nice. It but, also uh, means the neighborhood's fairly quiet because uh, the aged tend not to be too loud. Well, yeah. They're, well, they're all in bed by now anyway. So, I mean, it can, it can come on in the next time, <laughs> in the next five or six hours, and I don't think any of the people living there are going to need to notice. Well, well, there is that, too. <laughs> uh, all right. So i got to ask, uh, what, what is new this week? I had somebody asking me about Dr. Sleep. They said it was out today, but I don't think it's out until, nope. like, November, right? No, it comes out after after Halloween. It's like that first weekend after Halloween or the second week, like maybe November eighth, okay. or something like that. Which which is stupid, I think. I think they should at least you know have you know uh, you know man up and put it in October when any other self respecting horror movie is. But I am looking forward to it. I mean, look, Doctor Sleep is. I, I never read the book, but I read The Shining and I saw the movie. Vastly different. Stephen King hates the movie. Yet this is based on the book. That's a sequel to the book. But it's also a sequel to the movie, so I'm wondering how they're going to resolve all that nonsense. That's I'm confused. I, I don't know. I, I, I've seen the tra- everything I've seen. The trailer pops up on, so I'm, either I'm going to movies targeting that audience, and I am the part of that, or they're just putting it everywhere. They're just associating you with me now. I think I control your life that, uh, and whatever. So, so when you start getting weird stuff uh, advertised on you, uh, just realize that that's just my. That's my incognito search working against you. Well, I know, like ordering online and stuff, before I realize I'm out of something or need something, it seems like it's showing up at the house. That's a whole other thing. So it, it is very creepy and unnerving. But that, that's yeah. a whole other movie, perhaps, to be made. Uh, I, I guess I, I got to know. I'm guessing you've seen it. You have to. You, you see all the big stuff. Uh, and I've had a few people ask me about it, and, and I'm kind of wondering about it, too. Uh, Will Smith uh, plays uh, himself and then a replicant of himself in some fashion. Was it Gemini Man or something like that? Gemini? Yeah. Yeah, and you know what? It's the perfect movie for Will Smith because he's in it twice. So, so it's all about his ego. He has entire scenes with himself. I mean, just waiting for the time when Will Smith is just going to demand that he plays every role in a movie, right? Uh, which we might end up with at some point. Because you know, I mean, I like Will Smith. Don't worry. No, I was about to ask you if you did because this is you. Anytime you get a chance to hate on Will Smith, you tend to hate on Will Smith. Now, you like him, you say. I think he's – here's the thing. I think he's a good bonafide movie star. He certainly has charisma, and he's done some really good stuff. What I don't like about Will Smith is his whole I'm just too cool for everything attitude. And, and you get that, especially if you watch the trailer for the new Bad Boys movie. It just, it just reeks of that, of him saying, hey, watch out with my silk shirt and my gold chain and my cool sunglasses and my car that costs $200,000. I mean, come on, man. But that's a but Nobody's it is a, but, cool. but, but it is a, a character, right? I mean, it's not yeah. him. It's it's the, the character. But that's in everything. I mean, look at look at iRobot. You know, he made that movie iRobot, which is based on a classic set of stories by Isaac Asimov. Movie has no resemblance whatsoever to the stories, 
And uh, you can totally tell when Will Smith came in and was like, hey, you know what? There's not enough swagger in this show. Oh, hey, here's my costume, the leather duster. That looks cool. Can I put this hat on crooked? Because I'm Will Smith and I got to look. I just got to look cool in everything. All right. Well, so does he look cool in this? I guess is that Matt, it probably does. In, in yes, a... he looks cool. Old Will Smith, young Will Smith. Here's the thing with Gemini Man, and and, and this is what's so frustrating is I have all my film critic brethren out there, and I've seen their reviews of it, and there are people saying it's the future of filmmaking because apparently Ang Lee, when he shot it, he used 120 frames a second, which is four times as much as a normal movie. And I don't know if you've ever seen a movie in high frame rate, but they've only released a couple of them. But it, it has that overly smooth, almost uh, you know, soap opera look. It looks like it's shot on video, like on an old camcorder, because the refresh rate's so high. It's kind of like when you have your TV that you just first get, and you plug it in, and it starts looking. Everything looks like a soap opera, but then you got to turn off this thing in the visual settings. It's called like either smooth cinema or whatever, right. which looks great for sports and nature shows. But it looks like garbage for movies and TV. And, and that's kind of like what he did. He's in 3D. So, I mean, the action scenes look great because that fast movement works in a high frame rate. But then when they have the, 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 the scenes where he's just sitting there talking to somebody, it looks like a behind-the-scenes footage from Entertainment Tonight. Now, what's the story here? So he, he's, is he fighting himself, or is he teaming up with himself? And it looks like part of him is younger, and then there's the older Will Smith. I don't know. What the hell is Gemini Man? Yeah, part of a little of both, really. It's He's a master assassin. He's like 50, so he wants to retire. And like any movie, because anytime somebody wants to retire from that, they got to kill him. So they're going to send another assassin after him. Turns out that it's his own clone who's about 23, 24 years old. So it's when he finally takes off his helmet, you're like, oh, hey, the French prince, the French prince, the prince is here. Excuse me. Uh, and, and so uh, that's the story, is that it's his clone. And then he tries to relate to his clone or team up with his clone or find out the bad guys and everything. The story's very cliche. We've seen it a dozen times before. And, and the, the, the action, while it's really good, if all you want is action, just watch a Transformers movie and let yourself get brain damaged. That's kind of how that works. <laughs> I don't think I need any help with that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're well on your way. Apparently I am, too, if you serve me. But it's all right. It happens. So is this worth seeing or not? I can't tell. You say no. So it's not worth it. No, not worth seeing. Not worth I it. mean, the only reason to see it is to see what it looks like in the high frame rate and in 3D. But that means you even pay more, and you got to find a cinema that actually projects it that way. But as just an action movie, it's just it's kind of boring. Okay. All right. So it's too boring. Yeah, we don't need that then. Okay. Yeah. What else is there? Oh, I, I, there's a, uh, the Adams Family, but it's, it's different. Yeah. It's different, right? <laughs> Well, it's not like the old TV show or the movies that they made back in the 90s. It's a, a cartoon, and, they, and they're skewing younger with this. And while, yeah, it's, I mean, I haven't seen it. They didn't screen it for us, and, I mean, I could have gone. It's not like I was sitting around the house in darkness today. But you could have – what it is is it's uh, – I think you're getting something a little closer to, like, Hotel Transylvania. And I'm all for that. It's Halloween season. It's a scary movie time. And you've got a little kid, and you want to sort of – ease them into movies instead of taking them straight to see it and have Pennywise scare the pants off of them, you know, <laughs> go see this movie and, uh, you know, sort of see what the Adams Family was like. And, yeah, you can watch the old TV show or the old movies. Uh, but it's apparently doing really well. It's beating Gemini Man, uh, but not beating Joker. I mean, Joker's still going to top the box office. Nice. Okay, so and I, is there anything else before I ask you what you thought of El Camino if you saw it since you've been without power? Maybe you haven't. I actually, I, haven't. See, uh, I actually saw something before you. Oh, holy crap. Yeah, look at that. It's crazy. So is there anything else? No? Yes? 
Well, there's that movie Jexy. That one stars Adam Devine where he falls in love with his AI device and then uh, it sort of turns into the crazy ex-girlfriend. Looks like a, a great idea for a Saturday Night Live sketch, but I really don't know if they got an 80-minute movie in there. So wait a minute. So he has a fake woman who he falls in love with, but it's an actual creature? Like he falls in love with Siri. Okay. But so she's everywhere, and then after him controls him? What the hell happens? Supposedly, like I said, they didn't, they didn't screen this one, but okay. it's like Siri. Uh, he falls in love with Siri, and Siri starts to you know, she understands him and everything, but then he finds a real girlfriend who has flesh and blood and a soul and all that kind of stuff. And uh, then the, the Jexy character, which is a Siri uh, AI type thing on his phone starts getting get mad at him and start to take revenge and fight back. It, it looks like it's funny, but it also might just have all the funny stuff in the trailers. Who knows? Uh, well, let's hope they didn't spend it all that way. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess that's everything. I saw El Camino. I say see it. Uh, I, I heard some people complain about it. That's the Breaking Bad movie that follows Jesse Pinkman, the character left yeah. behind after that whole thing broke down. And I was. It like, also has Robert Forster in it, doesn't he? I mean, it, he's it like, does. You know what? I, I, you know what? You, it's funny you mentioned that. And, and also, I felt bad because I watched Jackie Brown just coincidentally the other night again. And, yeah. And, and it, which is a great movie. And was he nominated? Was he nominated for an Oscar for that one? I think he was, wasn't he? You would know better than I do. I'll, I'll take your word for it. If you say yes, I'll say okay. Uh, I, I know. I know that, he was nominated for an Oscar. I just don't know if it was for Jackie Brown. Okay. Uh, he was great in it, and he's really good in this movie. And uh, but it was weird because I. I was uh, thinking, I was like, man, how old is this guy now? Is he, how long is he going to be around? I started thinking like, you know, trifecta celebrity death, and I always feel bad. And then, holy crap, wow. yesterday I get like, you know, a message, a text or whatever else, uh, Robert Forrester's gone. And then I'm like, oh, that's bad. And then I felt really dirty and wrong. And I'm like, oh, man, I feel bad. I don't know the guy. He seemed like a good egg. Uh, and uh, But, yeah, hell, a lot of great I, I movies. Don't, I don't think... I don't think a random question caused the death of Robert Forster. Although I can see where you're like, well, I wonder how well, how long is he going to be around? Right, but it, there's your answer right there. Yeah. The, the, not very long. In fact, yeah. he already left. But he's good in this movie, and it's worth checking out. And uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. If you've seen Breaking Bad, you kind of know it. Jesse Pinkman comes back, and it's carrying on from that particular point to something else. Let's just say. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm curious to see it. I'd watch it if, if my TV would turn on. Uh, there's there's, but, there's good violence, right and, and you need light. And if, the, if you don't have light tomorrow, let me know, and I'll uh, I'll bring you the generator. Cause I, I'm, Thank you so much. I'm ready for darkness because I dealt with it for uh, way too long. It's, it's all in your head anyways. You're just worried. You're ready to combat it again. That's exactly right. Anything else of consequence before we let you go and your battery on your phone dies? Oh, you know, there actually is a movie on, on Hulu that's worth checking out. It just dropped this weekend, too. It's called – this is, I think, where we're going. We're starting to start getting movies that are coming out on Fridays on Hulu and Netflix and stuff that are worth watching more than the movies in the theaters. And this one's Little Monsters car, stars Lupita Nyong'o oh, as yeah. a woman who's a kindergarten teacher in Australia who takes the kids to, like, a, to a putt-putt golf place and a zombie outbreak happens, and she has to try and keep them sheltered from it. And it's really cute. It's actually got a lot of sweetness and heart to it. I mean, it's still an R-rated zombie movie. But it, it, it is, and she's great. I love Lupita Nyong'o. I'd love to see her. She would cast her in anything, and I'd watch her. If she was in Gemini Man, it would have been a better movie. Well, that's good, and I, I think she's pretty something, too. And, uh, another zombie. See, zombie, it's the right time of year for the zombie movie, too. Yeah, yeah, it's Halloween time. There you go. All right, uh, Kevin Carwin, thefatguysthemovies.com. Uh, if, if you search Fat Guys at the Movies on iHeartRadio app, you'll find his stuff and our stuff together on the podcast uh, we call Chubby and Stick. Thanks for the time. Uh, let me know about your lights. I hope they come on or just go to bed or have a drink and forget about it. I'm working on it. All right, <laughs> I, I know that's true. He's Kevin Carr. I'm Sterling. Back in a minute, 700 WLW.
700 WLW, Sterling, a couple minutes away from your midnight report, about four minutes away. Then ATN rolls. Dave, uh, riding that wave. Get you there with America's Trucking Network if you're not familiar with the acronym. Some scores of notes. Uh, give you uh, some college football. And uh, first faceoff, let me mention this too, Cyclones. Uh, win the first one over the Nailers, uh, 4-2. Third uh, period, uh, down 2 uh, nothing. Uh, they score four and then they go home winners, uh, which is a nice way to start the season down at uh, whatever they're calling what used to be uh, for, for U.S. Bank Arena or the Coliseum or the Crown. It's not U.S. Bank Arena anymore, is it? It's, I don't know what the hell it is, but you know where it is along the river. So maybe you went down there and you saw all the cool stuff with uh, Blink, and then you got a chance to see some winning uh, Cincinnati uh, Cyclone hockey, and that's a good thing. Also, some winning Cincinnati Bearcat football on – Excuse me. On the road at Houston, 38-23 winners uh, this afternoon. They got it done. You heard that game on 700 WLW. Uh, also, uh, you had Baylor uh, beating Texas Tech, 33-30. Arizona State got by Washington State, 38-31. Clemson, 45-14, winning at home over Florida State, uh, sending the Seminoles home. Losers. Uh, Michigan State on the road at Wisconsin lost uh, that eighth-ranked uh, Wisconsin team, 38-0. Alabama, 47-28, winners on the road at Texas A&M. Uh, it could be some upward mobility, perhaps, uh, for the football Bearcats. Let's hope so. Michigan ranked 16, uh, gets by Illinois at their play. When was Illinois good in football, by the way, last? It was like Indiana was sort of good, like at some point, then not. It didn't, 2008, it's been a minute. I'm not trying to hate on Illinois, Illinois, whatever. Uh, 42 uh, 25, Michigan uh, handles business there. Oklahoma 34. Uh, Texas 27, uh, Longhorns lose at home to the Sooners, uh, ranked number 6 and 11 respectively. Uh, what else? Uh, Temple, this might be a some note, uh, Temple uh, 30 at home beats Memphis, uh, ranked 23. Uh, they were 30-28 winners. Temple handled their things, those owls. Georgia lost to South Carolina at home. Georgia loses by three, a field goal. Uh, it's the 2017. Uh, uh, tomorrow, football, Bengals at Ravens. And uh, I, I know you're excited about this. They are winless. Uh, they, they look to bring the new day to the who day to the land of the, the, uh, the duck pin bowling and soft shell crab. I'm excited. I feel good. I see vision and positivity for uh, Andy Dalton. I, 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 it can happen. Stop. Why, why is there a co- I can feel it. There is a collective mm-mm. talking about the Ravens. And the Bengals tomorrow. Kickoff 1 o'clock, 9 a.m. Full-on coverage starts here on 700 WLW. I, I want, they will not go winless. There has been talk. and it was, Oh, they say they're not going to get rid of A.J. Green and make a move to try to bring in draft picks or some other opportunity to uh, better the situation down the line for the New Day, who they rebuild, for want of a better way to put it. They have other pieces and parts where they may be able to dangle them out there and something the deadline for trading in the NFL is coming sooner or later, but they got to keep playing no matter what. A.J. practiced this week. That's a good thing. Hopefully healed up after the uh, injury that he had up at Welcome Stadium in Dayton. I'm excited for kickoff 1 o'clock tomorrow. I hold out hope that the, the Who Day will get it done. They have to win sometime, right? I, I mean, they're, they're not going to go winless. Anyone? Can I, can I get a Who Day? Somebody? Anyone? Taryn? No? No? No Who Day? Nobody's got a Who Day for me. Please? I'm delusional. Is that what you're saying? You're saying that there is no hope that tomorrow will be another sad day, that maybe I should worry about mowing the lawn and, and doing some trimming uh, of some hedges and, uh, and uh, cooking out and just uh, keeping the game on but in the background, that I should not prepare to celebrate, put a jersey on, put the, the orange uh, and the black makeup on. I know that's what Willie will be doing tomorrow. Come on. Really? That's unfortunate. 
We'll see what happens. They'll play tomorrow. Coverage starts at 9. And then after, of course, you get Chick and Tim McGee talking about the good, the bad, the ugly, hopefully more good than the ugly. Whatever. I see how you people are. I'll talk to you next week. I'm Sterling. This the home of those football Bengals in action tomorrow. The winning football Bearcats and uh, Sean Gallagher with your midnight report with ATN to follow. I'll talk to you later. 700 WLW Cincinnati.